Welcome back to another edition of the No Further Comments podcast, a.k.a. the NFC. I'm your co-host, Alex Meacham. And to my left is the talented... He has a pen today. I have a pen today. Local fashion icon, Cincinnati's own, your Mr. Glenn Riley. Hey, man, I'm just living in a greater America. So what's Gucci? Oh, man, just taking in today. I tell you one thing, this global warming is real. Like, I don't know about the, these deniers, but but um, we get in 60s in, in January on, on the regular. It's supposed to be 70 on Tuesday, and the weather in L.A., my buddy sent me a text today. It's like 42 and raining. Okay. Isn't that crazy? We have nicer weather here than they have there right now. And in Florida, they've got some hurricanes going on. If it keeps shifting, then you, you can just take, like, a climate of, like, three states to the south, and that's just going to be, like, like California's climate is going to be, like, Mexico. And then, like, in a few more years, um, Washington State is going to have California. You know what I mean? It's just going to keep going until, until we all just um, burn in hell. Crazy. What would you do this weekend? Uh, I had to work on Saturday, so I was I was, I was limited in my, my um, Pimp game? dealings. Yeah, so, I mean, today just watching uh, – Football games, whatever moms came through. So, which we're going to get to the football games here shortly, yeah. and uh, we've been off for a little bit. This is episode twenty. It's a hiatus, I know. And we're doing this podcast on a Sunday night. They don't want us to do podcasts on the weekdays. <laughs> so, um, hey, um, recently had a chance to catch up with my former teammate, okay, Bearcat legend Kenny Satterfield, out of the Bronx, New York. K Sat, the God. <laughs> I got a funny Kenny Satterfield story. So when okay. he was recruited to come to UC, uh, McDonald's All-American, you know, top guard in New York. So he, he's coming to UC, and because it's such a big deal, the I think it was like Channel 5 and Channel 9 or something, they were all lined up at the airport. Okay. So when he got off the plane and came, this is back when you could go to the actual terminal. Remember yeah, those days? pre-9-11. Yeah, so, so, so they were waiting for him. <laughs> K-Sat, who is going to be a freshman in college, he gets off the plane, fur coat, that's, that's full length. That, that's how you do it. <laughs> the BX in the like, house, like like he was like he was Josina Anderson. Oh man, I was like, that's a legendary start. Spe- speaking of fur, you got you got to tell him um, your blue blob story later on. <laughs> oh, you you already know. <laughs> you already know. I got that got that ready. Also, had a chance that game to meet the new UC football coach, Luke Fickle. Okay, from your Elphick, Ohio State Buckeyes. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was impressed okay. uh, when when I met him. He seems like he's good one on one in small group discussions. Okay, but seems very introverted in large groups because okay, <laughs> the athletic director. That's not good for funding. No, no. Well, you know, I, now listen. The sample I got was yeah, no doubt was a game. Yeah, but the athletic director and him went into the student section. Okay, and he went and hung out with the students, took pictures, and, and Luke Fickle did not look very comfortable. Yeah, in that particular situation, which I can understand being kind of thrown into that. But yeah, yeah. Anyway, and uh, one thing I want to bring up, Glenn, mm-hmm. is um, and we're going to get into our, uh, our our jersey game for for those out there. Um, I was fortunate enough to um, be in contact with a guy who reached out to me about a T-shirt. Okay. And um, it had to do with the Great Alaska Shootout that okay. I was a part of at Cincinnati when we played 
number one ranked Duke. And we beat Duke in the last second on a play called home run and involved Ryan Fletcher, Kenyon Martin, number one draft pick. You stole that play from Duke, right? <laughs> yes, we did. Yeah. Yes, we did. And there were the Christian Leitner um, play. Right, exactly. Yeah. There were about eight different options off of it. But as so, soon as that play was done, like every every coach drew that up. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Right. I mean, you know. The, 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 if it works, it works. So um, so the, the T-shirt has uh, Fletcher to Kmart to the helicopter, which was Melvin Levitt's nickname. It just had to play. So it it really blew up. On the internet okay. when, I, when I wore the shirt, and so I reached. It's gone out, viral. It's gone viral. I reached out to the guy and said, "Hey, I think you need to print some of these up." So, um, definitely, uh, was was pretty cool. And uh, it's the guy's uh, email is West Coast Vintage eight one eight at gmail dot com. If okay. anybody out there, we have a lot of Bearcat fans that listen to our podcast. That's how you can get a hold of him for the t shirts. Don't send me any messages. Send them to him. He don't. He don't. He don't need the headache, people. Nope. <laughs> Episode number twenty. Let's get going. Baseball. Baseball. Mm, let me see where you ready for this. Mm-hmm. Josh Gibson <laughs> considered the, the the Negro League Babe Ruth. Wow. Yeah. Um, Lou Brock made famous by by Q Tip <laughs> and, 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 and check the rhyme. If knowledge is the key, then just show me the lock. Keep it going. Got the scrawny legs, but I move just like Lou Brock. With speed. Lou Brock had the all-time stolen base record until uh, Ricky Henderson came along. Okay. Uh, Michael Jack Schmidt. Yes, the, yes, yes, the yes. preeminent um, 80s National League power hitter. You know what Pete Rose once said about Mike Schmidt? What's that? He said, to have his body, i trade mine my wives, and I'd throw in some cash. <laughs> Pete Rose really said that. Pete Rose is the best. You, you, can't, you can't ask for, 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 for better quotes than Pete Rose. And throw in some cash. Man. Um, Frank Robinson. Yeah. The only player to win the MVP in both the National and American League. Wow. Former Red, then traded to the Orioles and, and won it again in the AL. Yep. Yep. Anybody else in baseball? Uh, let me see. Uh, do we have Rod Carew? Yeah, Rod, think, Rod Carew? Yeah, I think Rod Carew oh, was uh, um, 24 while uh, with the um, – Did he play for the Angels? Played for the Angels okay. and he played for um, – no, no, I'm actually wrong. Carew was 29. Okay. Um, he may, I'm trying to think, was he 20 in any of his stops? But I know he was 29 with the um, – the Minnesota Twins. Yeah. Didn't didn't he have an afro that just transformed into the curl? Yeah, yeah. Like okay. Rod Carew. I don't know if Rod Carew is American or not, but he had, but he, but he you know once you get the curl in the eighties, we just assume that you're like Dominican. <laughs> but but Rod Carew is, is actually Jewish. Um, little known fact. Or, Stop. Yeah, yeah. No, that that's actually in um uh, in um what in um what's kind of song Adam Sandler's um um Hanukkah song. No. Yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah, I think that's uh like Sammy Davis? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. On, on, only both of his eyes are real. <laughs> All right, that on, on baseball? Yeah, I think that's it for baseball. Hoops. Let's do hoops. GP. Yep. Gary Payton, the glove, the glove, um and Chris Mullen. Yep. The old uh, run TMC um mm-hmm. teams and 
Anybody else? You got Greg Oden. That's right. The God, <laughs> Greg, Greg Oden for for uh. I don't know about the God. I still I still stand by him over Durant. If, if, if Greg Oden is healthy, I think Greg Oden do, does damage in the league. I, I don't you know. Think I mean, so? Well, I mean, it's such a like considering the way um, the game is going, in which like you could be the best center in the league, but but certainly not a top ten player. Uh huh. <laughs> So I don't know um, if Greg Oden w- would have fit in, but you know, Greg Oden was was a, was set to be a beast, and, and and the injuries just just foiled that completely. So I, always, there's always a sore spot in my 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 heart for for what Greg Oden could have been, and he's still like what 29 or something. Yeah, young cat. That that's just that's sad about the Trailblazers. With yeah, Sam Bowie, and then um, uh, who's the other guy that got hurt? My guy. Shoot, forgot his name. Oh, um, Brandon man. Roy. Yeah, Brandon yeah. Roy. Sweetest, sweetest jump shot. Technically wise, the best jump shot that I've ever seen. Really? At the NBA level. Yes. That's, that's a bold statement. Yes, without a doubt. No, come on with that. There, there's there's got to be doubt. Not that I've seen. I don't Consistently. Know. I don't know. Beginning of the game, end of the game, it's the same shot. Straight up and down. Elbows correct. Everything's perfect. Ray Allen? No. Ray Allen had a lot of flaws in his shot. Larry Bird, Larry Bird, a lot of flaws. I don't know. Yeah, no, no. doubt. I can go through all of them. Well, I mean, I guess you Reggie can, Miller. I but, guess you could have a, have a have a a shot that has. I mean, like like like. No, uh, I'm talking. They had major flaws. But I'm saying the 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 any shot that goes in is flawless. So I mean, like, no, that's that's repetition. But that that's a credit to them working hard. But I would not, I would not have a kid that I work with mimic Larry Bird's shot. I, I would I would have him. Practice being a perfect shooter. What about Lonzo Ball? Uh, bad, he's got to work on his shot the next <laughs> Lonzo level. Lonzo Ball shot is dope. But 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 he he's I mean he's not making them. He's if he could knock down that shot consistently. I he's, thought he's hitting around like like forty percent from three point range. Not not well not at, if he was to shoot it at a higher level. He still releases it pretty low. He shoots it from like okay you know right the chin area. Yeah, that's what that's what I like about it. It's so deliberate. <laughs> you better fix that for the next level, which no. he will. Yeah. And some of those aren't hard to fix. Is it? If you shoot twenty thousand shots in an off season, you can fix any flaw. That's that's a that is proven. Shoot your shot. That's why I say when I'm at the club, shoot your shot. I, no, I say if you could take twenty thousand shots, <laughs> it's proven in one summer. In one summer, yep. Take yep. The, holler at twenty thousand girls in one <laughs> summer. It's, it's proven that you're gonna make one. Anybody else in hoops? Uh no, hoops was kind of low. Wait, wait a minute, Ray Allen, Celtics. Oh, that's 20. right. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't consider him Tim a, a, a pure twenty. He, he's thirty four. You know, an interesting uh, thing with Ray Allen is he is really good at golf. Okay, like he went to some golf tournament and uh-huh. was just killing folks. Like right now, he's a really good golfer. I keep waiting for one of these pros in another sport to like become great in a in a second sport, like, right? It seems like it would have happened at some point. You know what I mean? Like, like bowling, you can be a good. Bo- you know what I'm saying? Chris like, Paul. Yeah, like like if Chris Paul retires, can he join the PBA tour? Of Not that he, he would want to. I, I wouldn't see why he couldn't. But I, but I mean, but I, I I wouldn't see why thousands of people before him couldn't. But yet they they never have. Like like pick a sport in which the age limit is beyond forty and master that joint. And I never see anybody doing that. Like, like there was um, there was a kicker in the NFL who was live at um at golf. Mm-hmm. I forget who it was, but but they used to 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 clown it because he was just like, 
he he would be at the pro ams and just like dominate. And it was like, man, this is crazy. Right. Yeah. I'd like to see Ray Allen do that. Yeah, he they should. They say he's good enough. May as well. All right. Anybody else with hoops? Nope. All right. Let's move on to football. Obviously, there's a big one with football, but bunch of college cats in football. Okay. Bernie Kosar, Earl Campbell uh, wore mm-hmm. wore twenty at, at Texas. Um, Johnny Rogers. Who's um, that? It's a Heisman Trophy winner for Nebraska. Interesting enough. What um, year was that? Like 71, 72. Okay. A friend of mine needed a logo done. I hooked her up with a logo, and she's like, um, a friend of mine wants the logo too, and her name is, um, like, her name is Johnny Rogers. Mm-hmm. And with an I, and I looked up on Facebook, and I was like, oh, that's Johnny Rogers' daughter. <laughs> so it's crazy. Really? So, yeah, I might be doing a logo for, for her. So, um, also, Billy is she Cannon. Cu- is she cute? Oh, she's all right. Okay. So, so, so you know, m- maybe one of my twenty thousand so- summer summer <laughs> shots. Yeah. Um, Billy Cannon, who was um, a Heisman Trophy winner for LSU, and uh, I think the movie Everybody's All American was um, was about him. I've never heard of that. He was dope, and then he uh, he went to the league, had some success, but I think he mm. was like like wilding out or something, and, and kind of like lost it all or whatever. On on that level, um, if we want to uh, appease Mario, we could say Brian Dawkins. <laughs> uh, Ed Mar- Reed. Mario's shaking his head. Um, Ed Reed, yep. the the all, mm-hmm. all pro. Rocky Blyer, no clue. Um, the second back with Franco Harris with the Steelers in the seventies, known for. Nearly having his like leg blown off in um, Vietnam and and came back to Jesus. to play. Yeah, he, he's, it's a movie about that called uh, Fighting Back. There's a lot of movies about number twenty <laughs> athletes. If, if if you would only only do the research, uh, Rondé Barber, okay. um, Tiki Barber's brother, yes. considered often to be the more handsome of the two, which was which was okay. a, a, a weird a weird analysis of, of twins. Which wait, which one's doing the TV? Uh, that's Tiki. Okay. Tiki Barber has to has to absolutely go to bed every night and hate 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 Michael Strahan because Tiki Barber was angling for a job in the media like three years into his his football career uh-huh. and Michael Strahan stumbled out of bed one day and just became the the darling of of, of the networks yeah and Tiki Barber had like some lightweight scandal with his um um babysitter. Okay. Or whatever, and he was. I guess he was. Haven't we all? <laughs> that's, that, that, that's why they're there. Yeah. So that 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 went to the left, but that always trips me out. That that that's why I like to call um, irony. St- Strahan has a uh, line of clothes. Yeah, yeah. As well, he should. <laughs> JC Penney's. Like, can you get get like yeah. Strahan tie? Not not bad. I've seen him. Okay. Um, Natron means. All right. Who is like a a super uh, heavy back in the nineties for the Chargers? Yeah, for the San, for for the, the former yeah. San Diego LA. Super Chargers. By the way, I did a uniform design for the Chargers. I did one for the Ravens, like I spoke of last time. But okay. I did one for the Chargers. I've sent it in the UniWatch, so any day it should be on on <laughs> on, on the UniWatch site, which is an affiliate of ESPN, okay. and, and I'm gonna need people to vote for. But of so, course, the major win is number twenty. Detroit Lions, um, arguably the second or third best running back of all time, Barry Sanders. Mario, you you, you heard what he said, the right? Greatest running back of all time, Barry Sanders. 
Now J- Jim Brown is superior, and and somebody <laughs> brought numbers to back it up. Uh oh, Mario, here we go again. Yards per carry, all career. Barry Sanders five. Jim Brown five point two. <laughs> Yards per game, Barry Sanders ninety nine point eight. Jim Brown one hundred and four point three. The only running back. In NFL history, to average more than a hundred yards per game, career touchdowns: Barry Sanders ninety-five, Jim Brown one hundred and twenty-six. Quite, quite a difference there. Mm. Was getting it in the end zone. Mm. Mario led just... the league in rushing. Barry Sanders four times. Jim Brown eight out of the nine years he played. Eight out of the nine years he played. All pro teams, Barry Sanders six, Jim Brown eight, eight out of the nine years that he played. (laughs) And, of course, Mario's face. Titles, Barry Sanders zero, Jim Brown one, and league MVPs, Barry Sanders zero, Jim Brown three-time National Football League most valuable player. Cased resting. Mario, ball's in your court. Well, considering that the fact that uh, the linebackers were the size of cornerbacks he when can't, Barry he, Sanders played. He couldn't help that. Were they not? Say what? The linebackers were were much smaller. Jim Brown was. Everyone was smaller. Probably, he was com- like you could compare his size for a running back to LeBron as a, as a small forward or magic to a point guard. I'm just saying it, it's, the, it's the competition you faced. No one. No one's saying that 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 what what would um, a running back in in the future say of 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 the defense that that um, Barry Sanders faced in the nineties because it certainly isn't isn't you know the equivalent. Well, I'm, I'm going to say this, Glenn. You you've I proved my case. Yes. If you're the judge, you're the neutral judge, <laughs> Judge Beach. Yeah, no, 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 no. Okay, there we go. No doubt about it. You know what? One, one twenty. I want to throw out there very quickly. Okay. Uh, basketball. Before I forget, UC Bearcat walk on Brandon Miller. Just want to put that out there. Okay. That's it. I got to show up to my walk ons. Okay. All right. So let's let's talk quickly about uh, as we segue from football uh, with Barry Sanders and all that to the NFL playoffs. Just just quickly, we're going to bring in a guest here to talk a little bit more. Okay. Uh, about what's going on. Um, Glenn, you've been watching all the games. I've not had a chance to to catch every game. Uh-huh. You know, kind of saw the highlights and different things. Any thoughts to this point? The Falcons. How about that? I don't want to say coming out of nowhere because they've been good all season, but much like the Bengals, the Falcons are a team that people really don't don't have a lot of um, confidence in when it comes to the big games. But their offense has just been been. Merkin cats. I mean, it's almost you know equivalent to that um, Rams um, offensive maybe fifteen years ago at Kurt Warner. It's really uh-huh. getting getting kind of dangerous out there, and it's it's really kind of funny because um, you know the difference I guess from the Bengals is you know is that Matt Ryan was like a former number one pick, and uh-huh. I was saying that the Bengals could have had Matt Ryan. If only Carson Palmer had had the decency to fund a major dogfighting ring in, in, in uh, <laughs> around, around 2008. So 
So that is it's kind of odd that Atlanta, if they go on to like win the Super Bowl, the <laughs> it is largely stemming from hitting rock bottom the year that Michael Vick had had his, his dog fighting uh-huh. trial and just basically had to had to be kicked off the team or whatever. So so you know what's he doing? Now? Darkest before the dawn. Have you heard anything about him, recently? Michael Vick? Yeah. Oh, he's, he's he's living his life. I, I I don't think he played this year, but I mean, he seems to be in a, a good space. I mean, I've never seen somebody from a a social intelligence point of view elevate their game the way Michael Vick did pre and post prison. Like mm-hmm. like Michael Vick, it was all, it was literally like he gained like thirty IQ points. Like M- Michael Vick is. Is as um, enlightened a interview as you'll get nowadays in, in sports, and it's, it just came out of nowhere. Like Michael Vick was straight, like hood, even like past the point in which right. he, he 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 like he should have, you know, like everybody comes into the league kind of raw. Well, not everybody, but a lot of these cats come. But you know, once you're like two or three years in, you kind of develop at least a media persona that's a lot more congenial and stuff and, and Michael Vick was like five years in was just like like still hood had the braids was like you it is oh, yeah. what it is the practice is over I'm dipping and Michael Vick came back from prison and and, and like he's like in depth like you know the the um the Riley Cooper thing he like like basically handled that with like 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 heart like the, the way that that you know what I'm saying very few people could have so uh, you know, kudos to Mike Vick. Like I, I really uh, respect that dude, and I mean, hopefully, you know, I guess people, you know, the dog lovers, the animal lovers, will never, you know, oh, they'll quite, never quite for big. But I mean, he's done a lot of good yeah. work since then. So you know, bygones. Well, hey, I want to bring in a, a special guest here. Okay, and we've had special guests talk about football. Tell in me, the past. Michael Vick. It's not Michael Vick. Okay. <laughs> I'd like to bring in one of the greatest athletes. In Cincinnati high school history, here in Cincinnati, went to Reading High School. Scott Drought? No. So okay. you always bring up Scott Drought. Scott Drought was, a, was a, the you, god. You love the Scott Drought. <laughs> if it's not Scott Drought, Carlos Snow. <laughs> or, or. All right, stop. Listen, as a junior in high school, he won a state title in hoops. Oh, wow. Yes, as a senior name to the Division Two, Three Player of the Year, Reading High School Hall of Famer, one of the greatest quarterbacks in UC Bearcat History leading the Bearcats for the Sugar Bowl in 2010. Man. In the greatest season in Bearcat football history. Easily. Easily. Drafted by the Panthers in 2010. I want to bring in my friend who's scared to play me one-on-one or two-on-two. Oh, wow. Tony Pike. Tony, what's going on? Man, that was a that was a fantastic introduction till the I mean till the end. You, you can't start off an interview by lying to your viewers. Come on now. <laughs> you've been you've been you ducking me for can't cheat these listeners out of the truth. You, you've been you've been ducking me, man. You've been doing the Pacquiao band, just ducking. I mean, had, had Meets, meet, when you saw me on the field, I mean, you probably thought my game was very similar to Mike Vick. <laughs> we'll leave it was up. as mobile as I was. So, uh, what's what's going on, man? How you doing? I'm doing well, man. I was I was really excited to you know to, to sit down and, and watch a. An eventful day of football, and that's gone by the wayside with these blowouts that have happened. But I know. other than that, everything's been going well, man. Hey, I got to ask you one question here. You know, you, you were obviously a, a great high school basketball player and a great um, college quarterback. But did you ever want to walk on 
to the UC basketball team. I've been meaning to ask you this. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I I went through something when, when the UC basketball program was transitioning. When Connor Barwin went, actually went out for the basketball team, mm-hmm. I kind of looked into it. That year I had redshirted for football. And from what I was told, if I would have if I would have tried to make the transition to basketball while I was redshirt for football, you would lose that season of, of redshirting. Okay. It was a unique situation, obviously. You know, I I I went and went in there and, and you know, got major minutes for the basketball team. But, you know, basketball for me, I didn't really start playing football until I was a freshman in high school. I grew up playing baseball and basketball. So mm-hmm. for me, uh it, it was actually it was a tough decision. I had smaller offers out of high school for basketball and actually Almost went to Finley uh, on a basketball scholarship until uh, UC kind of came in on the last minute for football. Oh wow! I didn't know that. Yep. Huh. Now um, your brother, your brother's playing college uh, football right now. You want to talk about that real quick? Yeah, Big Dev, uh, my brother Dev. He and I'm going to Elder High School. Um, played, played football, basketball there, and uh, he just finished his junior year at uh, at Wake Forest, where he uh, he probably plays. You know, forty plus snaps a game now at tight end. He'll be a senior next year. Um, they they won the military bowl this year, and, right. and amongst all the uh, the hoopla of the wakey leaks, their their Man. radio announcer leaking information. That was insane. Um, it was talking to my brother. It was you know they they have all the information on this guy, but you know playing college football and then watching what happened, they gave this guy access to everything you know he could come to meetings he could sit in on practices he got the scouting report and being a radio guy myself you don't get that access everywhere so he was he was given full access and and to me you know it 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 goes uh, you know the teams that came up but in these last three years there hasn't been one team that received a call that thought hey maybe we should let wake forest know that this is going on yeah Uh, that's a lot of questions and then you know they played temple who's a top five defense in the in the military bowl and they put up 31 in the first half. So you never know. Yeah. You know, if a defense has your calls, has your checks, has your plays, that makes a big difference. Tuberville uh, made an accusation with Meacham about the same thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. It wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me. Every time I see Meacham, he's trying, he's, he's trying to get information. I don't know. You know he, he has a lot of Jordans out there. I don't know where he's getting you know, the, the extra funds for this. He might be, might be taking a little stipend. If UC ever plays a, a Jordan bread team, uh, just trust it that he's, he's head of the, 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 the playbook. Oh, absolutely. Hey, 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 he can't wait. He can't wait till UC sees Michigan next year. <laughs> hey, Tony, what's your favorite Air Jordan sneaker of all time? Oh, man. Uh, I'm more of a retro. I like the 12s, really. Yeah. Okay. That's my yeah, second favorite. Okay. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm a big fan of the 12s. I like to change it up. I, I grew up, you know, with obviously Jordan was, you know, the guy for me as a, as a basketball guy. And, you know, just, you know, the the 12s for me were, you know, good to use on the court. You wear them off the court. It, it kind of brought it full circle for me. Yeah, without a doubt. Now, have you had a chance to talk or sit down with Coach Fickle yet? Yeah, I actually did. I, uh, about two weeks ago, I went down there uh, just to meet him and, and kind of introduce myself because I got myself in a, in a little hot water with, with the end of Coach Tuberville's tenure. Um, really? My time, my, time <laughs> at UC was, my time at UC was spent, um, obviously, playing on a team that had over 33% of the roster made up of Cincinnati guys. Mm-hmm. And, and I thought that was a, you know, a, a telling sign of, you know, the high school football here in Cincinnati. Without a doubt. And, and recruiting this area. And last year, 
it was it, I think it was under seven percent of the roster. A couple oh, wow. of those guys were walk on. So mm-hmm. you know, knowing growing up here, being you know around these high school coaches my whole life, I knew that there wasn't a good enough push in in the local high school. Last year was the first time in eighteen years that there wasn't an elder high school uh, student athlete on the football roster. Hmm. So w- when you see those numbers. You know, I made the comment, and, and being employed by the university for the sideline reporting, you know, I, I got to kind of tread lightly. But I, I look, you know, I went to GoBearCats.com. I looked up those stats and found that. But obviously, Coach Tuzville and the staff didn't really like me making comments like that. So <laughs> meeting with, with yeah, meeting with Coach Fickle now. Well, that guy like me, and, uh, <laughs> right? But no, I mean, I know Coach Fickle. And you already see what he's doing. I mean, that not just getting you know Cincinnati guys, but getting three, four star Cincinnati guys to now stay home. Right. Like when I was at UC, it was it was the cool thing to do. That was I want to stay in my hometown. I want to play for Cincinnati, a place where I could go and win a championship. And I think that's what they're trying to to create here in Cincinnati. So I think Coach Fickle, and I and I talked about this. He's off to a great start. the the uh, The program, the energy around the the city is back, and I just hope that can continue now and and, and translate the wins on the field. I agree, no doubt. Wait, just quickly too, tell everybody what you're doing now. I know you mentioned some things, but uh, just let them know. Yeah, I'm kind of all over the place right now. I got a uh, sports training facility that I'm the uh, the GM up in Sharonville, Ohio. We do uh, youth training, seven years old up to eighteen. A lot of speed, quickness, agility classes. We do adult boot camps throughout the day. That you've been trying to get uh, me do, to go to, right? And it's just like basketball meets. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. One ear out the other. Never gonna, never gonna, show, never gonna play. I right, we we fully we fully got that. But I, we do adult boot camps. We do one on one personal training. I do quarterback training with it. Uh, we do team training where teams come in. Uh, we go to teams' high schools, do stuff like that. And then outside of that, I do the, the UC sideline stuff. I occasionally do some some uh, ESPN radio during football season and just kind of go all over the place with uh, with that. Yeah. Well, let's hey, let's jump into uh, what we got going on right now, the conference championships. So obviously, New England yep. looks like they're about to uh, win, and Atlanta won earlier 44-21, to and the Super Bowl set. What what are, what are some of your thoughts yeah, to me, it's, you know, when when you look at Atlanta, everyone looks at their offense. What, what jumped out to me the most of that was their defense. I mean, they that's a defense that in the last two years, I mean, they have six or seven guys that are in their first or second year, so they're young. They drafted speed at the linebacker level. Yeah. They just, they, they have so much speed. And then that's when you saw today, well, you know, against the arguably the hottest quarterback in the game of football, Joseph was a top five guy in Aaron Rodgers. They made him look just silly back there because they they were hitting them, they were pressing, they were disguising coverage. Mm-hmm. So when you mix that in with a guy like Matt Ryan, who's a veteran guy now, he's seen everything. Uh, you look at Coleman and Freeman at running back, two of the, the more elite running backs in the game. And then, you know, he, he gets it to Sanu, he spreads the ball, and then you got a guy named Julio Jones uh, who, who can't be covered one-on-one. So when you look at that team, it, it's going to be very hard um, for the Patriots, I think, to to come in because when you play a team like the Falcons, or when you play a team like the Falcons, if they get up one or two scores and you struggle a little bit, you start pressing as an offense because mentally you know that they're going to keep scoring or they're going to find their way. So I think all that being said, I think it's going to be an uphill battle. But I still think when you look at Tom Brady and you look at, or I look, I look at it, you know, when when a guy's have a chip on their shoulder, and I can just you can kind of envision. Tom Brady taking this trophy from Roger Goodell at the end of the year after the Deflategate stuff. And squeezing uh, and it and seeing how light it feels. You know, 
Yeah, so, just a, just like a just like a, a kind of like you know stick it back to Goodell. And I think when you look at the way the chip has been on his shoulder, um, and then you look at that New England defense, what they do, and you, and you watch this game, you know tonight. It hurts not having Le'Veon Bell when he goes out, obviously, but they've completely taken Antonio Brown out of the game. Mm-hmm. They haven't given up a play of 20-plus yards throughout the playoffs. Uh, they're going to make you beat them underneath, and when you saw Atlanta, they had so many explosive plays, so can Matt Ryan you know, check the ball down enough? But the, the way both teams look today, um, scoring points and the defense is looking good, and I think it's, it's – and I hope it's going to be a, a competitive Super Bowl. But you're going with the Patriots? I am. I'm, I'm going with – with the, the crafty veteran Tom Brady sticking it to Roger Goodell at the end. Well, Glenn, Glenn, Glenn has this um, – he has an idea and a picture of what's going to happen when New England wins, and Goodell hands the trophy over. Go, go ahead, Glenn, I, I tell keep, him. I keep saying that, that he should pick it up and squeeze the trophy and say it. It, it, it feels a little light. <laughs> oh, that would be – that, that would be something that he would do, too, because you just – I mean, the emotion and passion, they, he doesn't care. I mean, he – He's, he's going to keep playing until he wants to stop because he's, he's just that good. But he does. That, that's what's him being a, a six-round pick, which obviously meets with something me and Tom Brady. The list is not long of stuff we have in common, but that's one of them. Two six-round draft picks. How about that? You know, one, guy just fell, one guy just fell into the right situation, <laughs> and the other guy saw Cam Newton get drafted and kind of knew the writing was on the wall. Oh, yeah. So you're not married to, to a Victoria's Secret model? No. Well, that, yeah, that, that as well. Okay. Well, well you, you, hey, keep, keep working on it. <laughs> right, right. So, so of in your quarterback, I want to know of the four teams that played in the conference championship, and just just right now, not not historically, but you could go with one quarterback of the four to lead your team. Hands down, would it be Tom Brady? Are you talking about starting a team right now at the age, or just overall in their in their prime? No, just like one game, I guess. Like. Right now, this oh, season, yeah, 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 yeah you, you got to go, Tom Brady, and and the only reason just you, you see how many checks he makes during the game. You see the way he kind of manages the passion he plays with, and and when you look in the past, I know Matt Ryan's been great this year, but there's times where he's been tight. Uh, there's times where bigger games where he hasn't shown up. So mm-hmm. I'm not sold on that yet. And Rogers, he just has that gunslinger mentality where he's going to try to fit the ball into windows even if it's not there, sometimes it gets them into trouble. Yeah. Um, and, and for me, you know, it's just Ben and Tom have went, you know, head to head so many times. Brady's never thrown an interception against the, the Steelers, so I give him that edge. So i got to go Tom Brady if it's, if it's a one-game scenario. And, and let me ask you this. Being a, you know, a rookie in the NFL when you're a rookie and the things that you have to go through, how impressed were you with, with Dak Prescott with Dallas and, and their success oh, this year? Man, it's, it, it, it was incredible because, uh, to me, when you when you look at where he came from, the type of offense, it wasn't a really a pro-style offense. He was in the shotgun a lot. Uh, so for a quarterback like that, and I saw that coming from a shotgun, I mean, it, it's it's a different having to take a five-step drop or a seven-step drop. Uh, and and mm-hmm. to have him, you know, just, just kind of calmly come in, and it wasn't like they dumbed down the playbook. I mean, he was making checks at the line. Now, granted, when you have a defense like you do, uh, and when you have a, a running back like Ezekiel Elliott um, with that offensive line, it makes it a little easier because you can set up play action so well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for me, it was it was one of those situations where you watch and then you're like, you know, well, he's a rookie. It's the, the moment's going to get to him. But, I mean, he single-handedly almost brought him back there against Green Bay last week. And I think that right. that combination, and they're going to be around for a long time. And 
and it might change the the, the landscape of, of the game of, you know, now what kind of value do you put on running backs in the draft? You've seen what Dallas does building that offensive line, and you get a quarterback that can do both. I, I think they're they're paving the way to be really good for a long time right there in Dallas. I hear you. I was saying, saying if I was um, a uh, GM, I would just draft Lyman, Lyman, Lyman for like two years and then and then build up the team after that. Yeah, well, what you don't do, you don't you don't follow the Browns because obviously taking a quarterback <laughs> every first round pick not going to work out for you. But it is Ezekiel Elliott. He's a, he was a he's a transcendent player. He's he's a once in a you know a decade type of guy. So you can leave and take a running back early. But like I like I said, you, you have to stockpile offensive linemen. You you, do, you don't draft Trent Richardson. No, no. <laughs> we saw it this year that. You saw that the Bengals' demise this year. I mean, the, the offensive line play was terrible. They couldn't protect. They couldn't run the ball. So it, it doesn't matter who's lined up. If, if Ezekiel Elliott is lined up behind Cleveland's offensive line, he's not the same running back. So mm-hmm. you got to build it from the big guys. Yeah. And, and then you're gonna you can find talent at running back fourth, fifth round. You can find quarterbacks obviously third, fourth, fifth round. You got to build up those big guys though. And let me ask you this. So every guest that we've had on that's talked about the NFL, we've asked them that's this question. It's been me and Glenn Glenn has throughout the whole NFL season, he every game, the fans the Bengals fans <laughs> every game. Every game Bengals fans wanted Marvin Lewis gone. Now Glenn, my co host, did not want Marvin gone. He felt that he should stay, he should return for next year. What are your thoughts on the Bengals? And Marvin Lewis and him coming back for 2017. And that, that's tough because when you when you have a guy like Marvin, you know from where this program was when he came in to where he where the program is now, he's completely changed the face of this this program. But for me, when you look at what's happened in the playoffs, and then granted, you know the relationship with Mike Brown, you've got to you give him props for for being true to a guy. But man, at the same time, you don't see it in the NFL all that much anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's such a win now league to go this long with no playoff wins. And I think this year, kind of the straw that broke the back for me. This was a team preseason that a lot of people picked to go to the AFC Championship game mm-hmm. to to be playing tonight. You know, and a chance to get to the Super Bowl. When you underperform and you don't make it to, you know, even the playoffs, and then what you see now is is a situation where okay, is the team quitting? Is the team still, you know, fighting for Marvin? And, and I think the problem is when you – the Bengals, it's the same thing over and over. It's dumb penalties. It's mistakes. You know, that they find – you know, it's not like they're losing a different way each week. They lose in a lot of the similar ways. So, for me, if there was a guy out there, I would have made the jump. But when you look at the list of head coaching head coaches available, I just don't think you, you saw that – that transcendent guy to come in here. So I don't have a problem keeping him another year. If it was like a John Gruden that he wanted to come coach the Bengals, I could see that. But, you know, I I see it as the the best-case scenario win when Tony Dungy was in Tampa. Obviously, Hall of Fame coach and Tony Dungy was not not just kind of getting getting over the the hump. Yeah. Yep, one getting over the hump. They bring in Gruden. They win the title next year. Now, that's... That's nothing negative about Dungy as a coach. It was just a new face, kind of revitalized the players. And when you got veterans like you do on the Bengals, a lot of guys trying to make one more run at it, one more go. You know, I think if you have a chance, you make that. But right now with the, the, the coaches available, 
I don't think you find that out there. Hey, go ahead, Glenn. Now, at what point do the Browns get another, uh, the Brown family get another revenue stream going in? Like, like, because I think that's what really hinders the, the the Bengals is because the Brown, like you know, all these other owners are independently wealthy, some other place, yep. and it's like the Bing, their their football team is like this is my toy, this right. is what I have fun with, this is yep. what I brag to people about. So Jerry Jones can say, look, look. Money is no object. And I'm like, you know, should the Brown family just be like venture capitalists? Should they just start, you know, investing in a lot of things and hoping something blows up? Because, like, as long as they're a central um, revenue st- – they're running like a, 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 a store, and you really can't right. do that. Like, you have to be like, look, like you, you were shooting for the fences. And they're, I do feel that they're content just being like, yeah. we know we're good. And, and, and because we were horrible – We'll just stick with good, and they're not, you right. know, sometimes you have to risk being bad in order to be great. Yeah, I, I think that, I think the biggest problem is is what you just said. If the Bengals go 9-6, and six, um, you know, 11-5, and five, something like that, and they make the playoffs, that, that is content, and that's okay with the Browns. Yeah. I mean, I, I just think you have to look further. And, and you, you look at, I, I look at this offseason, for example. You've got a couple key free agents. Uh, one being Andrew Whitworth that you might have to overpay for. Um, but now you, you have money to to work with. Historically, they don't go out in free agency and land the big name. Ever. This is a season. <laughs> this is an offseason where you got some of the, the key parts in place. you got A.J. Green. you got Andy Dalton. Um, you have questions elsewhere, but you go out there and you get a bigger name guy that maybe has two or three good years left and wants to make one more run out of it because you have talent on this roster. Yeah. Uh, but but what you also have is a closing door, because these guys are getting older. You saw this year. I've been a huge Pac Man fan, but the the fall off from two years ago to last year was was pretty steep for Pac Man. So you're going to start seeing that with some of these veterans as they get older. And on top of that, you're going to start seeing as we've done a good job in drafts past. You're going to start losing some of those guys to free agency. Yeah. So you got a very small window, maybe one more chance at this, uh, but before you have to start rebuilding again. So. I look at this offseason and hope that they go out, land a couple big names that want to come in, have an impact, and then have a chance to, to make a run at it. Well, from from your mouth to God's ears. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tony, hey, we need to set up this two-on-two basketball game. And oh, we, we need to We need to get the pay-per-view <laughs> rights set up. We need to get Mayweather Promotions in on this. Get Soldier Boy. Soldier Boy, Chris Brown. Anyone. We need to get everybody. <laughs> we need to get Anyone. them all together. You, all right, so – John Meeker, former UC Bearcat walk-on, will be my teammate. All right? Yeah. So you can announce who yours is going to be. Pick whoever you want. We'll be ready. Well, I mean, that's, that's the play. I mean, if it's Hugh versus Meeker, I might get my, my 15-year-old sister to come be my partner. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Shots fired. I mean, all I need is, all I need is a, a good screen and roll, someone that can maybe pick and pop a little bit. But other than that, I mean, when you, when you look at you and Meeker – I mean, Meeker just doesn't have the physique, and then, and the knee that you're 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 working on. I, I don't think you got two healthy knees right now. So for me, you know, I, I know I you got shoot the them hip threes, problem. Though. I know you got the hip flexor going on. There's a lot of question marks with you, and if you had to switch to to a six six shooting guard on a pick and roll, I, I just don't think you're going to be able to handle that in a in a two on two situation. We'll be ready. We'll be shooting a lot of threes. We'll be ready. Trust me. Well, hey, we're we're going to have to. We're going to set this up. 
I got. I, May, yeah. We gotta get Mayweather will be in town February. What is it? When is Broner fight? The eleventh or something like that. We're we're gonna set it up. We'll get Mayweather promotion in on it. Cool. Get, get Mayweather on the pod. Absolutely. Yeah. We need to do Simple. that. Hey. Simple. Well, hey, Tony. No, I, I appreciate you uh, coming on, and uh, we'll definitely get you back on and just talk. Uh, just talk sports in general because I know you have a lot of knowledge of of sports and and pop culture. You're a big country western hey. fan, right? Yeah, I'm all over the place, buddy. Yeah, I know you're, you. You tried to get me to go to a concert. I can't remember which one it was at <laughs> at uh, Riverbend. I can't remember. Hey, who. Garth Brooks coming up next week, buddy. You know, you know what? I'm, I'm busy that day. <laughs> what right. day, well, what day was it? All Does Garth Brooks still weekend. come from from the top of the stadium on the rope? No, no. Oh man. Not well, 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 got, well, well you lost there me there. A little bit. <laughs> he got up there. Please, okay, can we can we defend the three on Thursday night? Can we not let Xavier come out and and just hit 23s on us? Is well, this the year that we get over the hump? You know what? I think it is. I went and watched Xavier today, and I think that we, we've we got a score in the half-court set, and I think if we can yeah. do that, we'll be fine. Now, you're absolutely correct, though. Uh, you know, Ed, uh, Edmund Summer, he he really is is great off the dribble. Uh, he's yep. smart. He pitches it out to J.P. They can shoot. Um, Trayvon blew it. Uh, I think defensively we'll be fine. I'm I'm more concerned about offensively in the half-court scoring and I think we've done better with that I mean we we played well late um against Tulane just recently and um I, I think if we can score in the half court I think we'll wear them down and and it'll be a classic you know game normal shootout it'll be tight yep. you know five point game with you know however many minutes to go what's your prediction I'm with you I, I you know obviously home or away the way this team defends defense is going to travel uh I'm, I'm in the same boat as you this the, the team in the past couple of years has just been so susceptible to four, five, six-minute scoring drought. Yes. And when you get an offense like Xavier, you, you can't afford that. You can't afford to go down, keep it a game earlier at home. Yep. I think they pulled out here in the end. I, I think you've seen this this team, they're winning a lot of the games that the past couple of years they would have lost. They're finding ways Absolutely. to win. And, and I think you, you see that. And I think they, they continue this momentum and, and – and, uh, and make a good run at it this year. Well, the Temple game that you and I were at, I mean, that shot that, that Temple had last year, that goes in. Yep. Oh, absolutely. And they win the game. I mean, yep, executing. There's, there's everything they're doing now. I, I, I like the way that, you know, they're they're making plays when they need to as opposed to years past. I agree. Well, hopefully we're on the winning side. Tony, appreciate you coming on the yes, show. Yes, sir. And uh, we'll, we'll definitely catch up soon. Cool. Appreciate it, fellas. All right, Tony. Oh, take care, man. All right, be safe. See you. Glenn, and uh, while we're talking about basketball, I hear Miles Davis left Xavier. He did, and that that ru- ruins a, a, a boy jazz puns. That. I, I I can I can. You love that. We're and we're going to talk about college hoops some more in a second, uh, and and talk about that Miles Davis situation. But can we bring up the story? And I don't I don't want to sit here and, and brag about myself, but we've been meaning to tell that story about the time you and I went to the. Do you remember this when we went to that? Uh, I guess you would call it a festival. <laughs> and they asked me to come out and work the shooting booth. Oh, that was a class. You want you want to go ahead and set that? Yeah, what was that like? Um, it was what, like Finneytown or something, wasn't it? I forget the like area. North- it, it's, where Where is um, Rinks at? <laughs> the, the old <laughs> the, the old, old Rinks. It's um it's the <laughs> it's the community that's north of College Hill, and it was like whatever it was. It was that community's day. So if yeah. it's like like you know. Glendale Day or whatever, whatever it may be, and 
it was a a a, a modest affair. <laughs> <laughs> and um they it was like at a, a a playground or whatever and they had um it was a festival. Yeah, it was a festival and um they had a basketball court and the guy as adult came over and asked Alex could he participate in um a contest in which um he would basically shoot 10 free throws and somebody could challenge him to 10 free throws. And I think the, it was like a dollar for four. That was like a, a ratio of, right. of, of how much money you could win if you could. Um, it was like beat the pro. Yeah, be, yeah, exactly. Because I was playing for UC. And- yeah, so so it probably was a um, um, a sanctionable offense. <laughs> but but Alex didn't receive any money, so he Yeah, right. So anyway. You didn't see that envelope? <laughs> <laughs> they, they passed it off to you. There was a kid there whose um, parents were pretty darn confident that that their nine year old son could could defeat Alex in a, um, in a contest of, of ten free throws. Yep, and it was not happening for the young man. Just <laughs> 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 he he wasn't really that good. Mm-mm. So essentially, what happened was they did this maybe eight or nine times and Alex never missed more than three and the kid never made more than six. And mm-hmm. he made, and, and when I tell you that he made six one time, I don't think he ever cleared four any of the other times. So it just got to be stupid. <laughs> like, like, like why are you wasting dollars thinking that your nine year old can beat somebody who plays in college? Like, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't subject my child to that much less, lose money on on the deal and i think at a certain point like they um they they went over to alex like could you you know could could you take a dive and 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 he he had too much pride (laughs) he said no mas i said hell no (laughs) i went on to make 10 in a row (laughs) and and if the kid had been a different style kid i might have you know I might have had more simply for, sympathy for it, but he was kind of—I don't know—he he had a he had a level of spunk about him that just made me just like, okay, you you got to keep losing, dude. <laughs> and the funny part was like your reaction, like you were just dying over there. Oh, it, it got to be silly. <laughs> and, and, and to this day, Alex now lives in that family's home. <laughs> it kept doubling or nothing. Oh, all right. Let's segue right into some uh, some NBA. Okay, we're getting ready to hit the All Star game February nineteenth, so we're almost at the halfway point. Yeah. So I want to quickly get in, and Mario, we got to oh, get. No, it's still it's still November. <laughs> we got to get Mario to chime in on this. I want to talk about who would be your starting five. Okay, you can pick anybody you want in the NBA. Who would be your starting five? Okay, Mario, are you ready for this? Okay, you go chime in, Glenn. Let's start with you. Uh, just based on this year, just this year. Yep, LeBron. Okay. Uh, I mean, I think we're all gonna have the same people, right? Durant. Come on, you think Mario's gonna have the same people? Well, I mean, well, Mario's gonna be stupid and pick some some kings. <laughs> but okay, you said Durant. Yeah. Right. Uh, Harden. Westbrook. And we need a rim protector, so I guess hmm, I want to say Chris Paul, but but I guess um, 
Anthony Davis. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mario, your Demarcus Cousins. <laughs> yeah, LeBron James. He's first. <laughs> LBJ. Russell Westbrook. Okay. Steph Curry. Okay. And I'm gonna go James Harden. Okay. <clears throat> so we're we're pretty similar other than um let's see, you, you have Curry and uh Anthony Davis, correct? And Durant. Right? Me? So so what you say? No, he had he had he had, he had cousins. Yeah, I yeah, had, yeah, had, yeah, had, yeah, had, yeah, yeah, right, right. Okay. So what do you guys think about um the Curry Westbrook? Westbrook getting snubbed. Well, I mean, there's no do, doubt. Or do that, you see it? Do you think it's a snub? Probably. It is. I, I mean, you you can make a you can make an argument for either. Obviously, Curry had to step back um, from from what his stats would have been. Um, like, I mean, it's it's basically it's such a, a, a interesting thing because Westbrook, the the player that Westbrook lost. Golden State gain, so current uh-huh. gain. So it, it's 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 you have, you know, it's it's, it's an equal it's an equal um, portion removed and given. So I guess I think that that you know, obviously, I think we knew that Westbrook was going to step up stats wise, and you know, it's tough not to. I mean, if a dude is averaging a triple double. He's got to make your top five in that season, right? You, know you, you would think, yes. And I, I don't, I don't think people can say Curry's had a better season than Westbrook. You, you can, you can believe he's a better player, and and I, I think he's a better player if he's allowed to be the the leader on the team. But Mario's shaking his head. Mario, why are you shaking your head? About, I'm saying, are you? Do you think that Curry is a better player? Yeah. But I, I don't think he's had a better season. I would disagree with that, but I mean, to each his own. You don't think you don't think Westbrook's triple double averaging season? I mean, we'll put it like this: Curry's more efficient, but he's in an offense in which everyone's more efficient because, you know, Kevin Durant theoretically should make you, you know, you're only taking open shots as opposed to you know. No, no, I'm sorry. I thought you were saying that that Curry was a better player than that of Westbrook. I am. I'm saying Curry. I think Curry's a better player than Westbrook, but I think in this season you've got to still give Westbrook the nod on your your starting five just because of the the stats he's putting up. Yeah, no, and I mean I, I don't think it's a snub in the sense that I mean obviously Curry and Harden both have. You know, I mean the team records would indicate that they're they're having a, a really good season as well. Yeah, because I mean both of them are in the standings ahead of the Thunder, right? Yeah, and, and it's I mean it's one of those things. It's, it's a fan vote. Curry's obviously a fan favorite. Yeah, Harden people people really do like James Harden. It, you know what I mean? And, and Westbrook doesn't seem friendly now. I well, think that I think that um, a lot of people just you know what I mean they yeah because Hard, Harden's got to get the so MV, MVP not over enough. over Westbrook. So you you have Harden as your MVP. You said that a couple yeah. weeks ago. Yeah. You stand and to that. Westbrook doesn't emote. It is it, like he's having fun. Like like when was the yeah. last? It, it's, it's always like he's surly and that yeah. he's kind of got a issue. And it, it kind of it doesn't really match with like you know the way he plays is obviously fiery and stuff. But you would think that he was he would be like a fun guy. Like right. you're, you're you're certainly wearing the the world's dumbest outfits. <laughs> so so why wouldn't you? 
it's, it's tough to be. So his pregame rituals don't intrigue you. It's him having fun. Well, I'm saying, but but when you it's, when you when you're you're be interacting with media, and, and that's the way that you know probably fans are gonna get to know you, right? I, if if I wore the things that that Russell Westbrook wore, I would be the the the, the most congenial person when, when it came down to it. Like, yeah, I, I agree with you. Like, look that. at Craig Sager. Yeah. Wore crazy outfits, nicest man on the planet. Absolutely. People loved him. Yeah. I totally agree with you on that. And I think also our my starting five is the same as your starting five, Glenn. Now, rookie of the year. Mm. Well, it's, it's I'm in, going Embiid. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that, okay. I mean, that means you got to think about it for a while because he wasn't drafted last year. Right. But yeah, I mean, that, that that's, that's, that's done, right? I mean, hell, Ben Simmons hasn't even played yet. He, right. he probably would have been his, his. And it just goes to show you how pure the process is and was. Trust, trust the process. I mean, for the for the love of me. I mean, I, I wish kids in the ghetto should should look at the process and, and, and pattern their life around it. Because <laughs> essentially, wait, wait, wait. essentially. So you want them to fail continuously. And then succeed. Exactly. No, here's what I'm saying. When you 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 graduate from college and get out, don't try to stunt. Don't try to win. You are not going to win against people with actual money when you're 20. But you stack. You 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 stack up draft picks. You yep. stack up assets. Right. If you can live at home, you live at home. If you don't get your college paid for, you don't go to college. You stack. You you stack and you stack and you stack. Talk to them. And when you get to be 38, <laughs> guess what? The game starts to come around to you. You 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 you've been ducking insurance all this time. Now you start to get the insurance pack. You, you see what I'm saying? Are you speaking from experience? I, I may be. <laughs> what, you, what kind of car you got to have with when, when your twenties? You got to have a Cavalier. What 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 kind of car do you have in your thirties? You got to have a Suzuki Esteem. But what kind of car do you have in your forties? Huh? Huh? Who who goes into that to that dealership with a, with a, with a case full of stacks? Talk to him. Yeah, talk that talk. <laughs> That stick talk. And, and, and what about the girls that was fine when you were twenty? How, how they look when they forty? Huh? Huh? Is, is, is it the same? And 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 keep keep yourself no, looking young. Get them when you were in your twenties. Keep, keep keep no, but but guess what? Guess what? New prospects every year. They they keep they keep coming out of college. They keep they keep leaving school early. And 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 what do they got to deal with? They got to deal with with with. 20 year old dudes that, that's trying to stunt but they ain't got the budget for it mm. but guess who does got the budget for it the Philadelphia 76ers and Joel Embiid and Glenn Riley the process <laughs> I'm with it I mean it's so funny to see see like the Sixers whole thing pay off and I mean they might get a top pick this yep. year yep they, and they've got two yeah they've got like the, the Lakers joint right so it's going to be crazy. We are going to get, I promise you this, we're going to get T.J. McConnell, okay, one of the guards uh, from the uh, Sixers, on this podcast, and um, we're going to have him talk about the process. Did you see him hit that game-winning shot, Mario? Yeah. And that's my guy because he was a wildcat. He was. That's right. That's right. I'm going to get T.J. on this show. I, I think I think that'll be a great guest for us. So, anyway, let's segue into, um, you know, basically we, the theme of our episode, we usually take a person, the life of... You know, whoever it might be, Johnny, Pablo, life of Pablo, Johnny Depp, but, everyone uh, who died in a year. <laughs> but for this episode, um, I think we really need to dive in to one of the hottest 
topics and things going on right now. There's a lot there. That's the transition of power in the United States right now. The 45th president of our country, Donald J. Trump, was sworn in on January 20th. Sworn in. Man. And there was a lot leading up to that that we need to discuss. And I need... (laughs) We got a lot. We got a lot to cover. There's a lot to unpack. Let's, Let's talk about first, before we get to Donald J. Trump, let's talk about Barack Obama. I want to talk about his farewell address. And you, you watched it, correct? Yeah, yeah. Okay. What are your thoughts on his on his farewell address? Uh it was it was weird because like normally you don't do a farewell address that's kinda like, you know, a big thing. But I think, you know, the the magnitude of of, of who he was as president seemed kinda to warrant it. I mean, I'm sure folks on the other side of the aisle um felt felt less so. <laughs> you think? <laughs> but uh but yeah, it was, it was I mean it was good. I mean, you know, he he he's probably the greatest public speaker of this generation, no doubt. So, you know, I, I always in, enjoy to see him articulate his vision and stuff. So, you know, and I, I'm a, I, I like the guy. I'm gonna tell you right now. When I was at the University of Cincinnati in the communication department, I had a professor, mm-hmm. and I took a lot of speech classes. Okay. And one of my professors. Now, I'm not gonna say he's a Democrat, Republican. I'm not sure. You know what he is. He's never clearly stated that, but I follow him on all different social medias. Okay. And man, his praise for Obama's speaking ability. Yeah. And I mean this. And this professor that I had is. is I mean, he was one of the greatest greatest professors I've ever had. Taught me a lot. Uh-huh. And man, his praise for Obama. What was was roof. and one of the things that's interesting about Obama is, you know, like there's always been kind of a a thing with like black leaders that they, you know, it's like a long line of cats that could give like a, a, a live speech, but so many of them were just like preachers. So they just kind of like put in the hours. Yeah. So like, you know, Martin Luther King could probably off the cuff, give you a eloquent speech that would be better than, you know, your, your politicians standard fair of the fifties right. and sixties. But like Obama, didn't really come from that background. So the fact that he, he's able to do this, like I heard like uh, one of the, um, the um, pundits after the democratic convention basically said, Barack Obama has given the three best speeches mm-hmm. at a convention in literally like the past 40 years. Mm-hmm. And the fourth May have been given by his wife. <laughs> I mean, that's just crazy. And I it mean, is. like, 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 you know, whether or not you agree with someone's policies or not, you can't deny, you know, the the pure, like, political talent of of you know what he was able to do. It's, it's like it's like um, it's like Aaron Rodgers just throwing that pass when 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 you know fourth and 26 and, uh-huh. and, and he's still converting obama was always converting converting <laughs> first downs on, on on the microphone how about when he gave joe biden the medal of freedom did you did you happen to see that yeah yeah that was, that was beautiful that was and i watched it live and what really hit me is when obama basically told him that that's what he was getting and he had no clue yeah and just when when joe biden turned around he just couldn't handle the emotion. He had to turn around. It reminded me of when when the the, the Kentucky players got their jersey retired that, that didn't know they were gonna. You you don't you, are you familiar no. with that? No, tell me. When Kentucky was put on on sanctions during the um, 
the Eddie Sutton years. Okay. Um, it was basically four, I think, freshmen, and they were like the basically the bottom four players on the team. Like everybody left, mm-hmm. and nobody, um, you know, they basically had to re- regroup the program. But right. those four dudes were there, and basically four years after that, um. It was like Pelfrey and Sean Wood and all that. Mm-hmm. And that was the team that lost on the play we were talking about earlier, the Christian Leitner play. Right. And they that was their final game. So, like, there, there's a really great article about this in Sports Illustrated maybe like a year or two after to talk about, you know, that being the greatest game ever played. Mm-hmm. And essentially the next year on the first game, they invited those four dudes back. And – they were told them they were going to honor them wherever they didn't, they were, you know, just like whatever, just introduced them. Like they were going to introduce them at the game. And right. Stuff. And they told them to like focus, you know, your attention to the rafters and they pulled the joint and all four of them, um, got their uniform tire and there was not a dry eye in the house, <laughs> <laughs> but, it, but it's like the quintessential, like Kentucky moment. Like, right. like that's for like all time. Like one of the, the livest things that like that program who, who, you know, has had all American after all American right, and right. people who, you know, theoretically had more deserving numbers and, 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 you know, always gave up, gave it up for um, UK cause they, they did that. Yeah. I don't, I don't remember that. Was that when they had the, remember when they tried the uniforms with the stonewash, like the jeans? Remember uh, that? Yeah, that was, that was the, um, or was that after? Yeah, that was after that. Okay. That was this was the the Mashburn era teams. Okay, but um, the ones with the Stonewash, I think won the um. They won it all, the right? Title, yeah. That was like because they didn't win it back to back. Because you know, because they had the weird year with like the um, the Tony Delk year where they had like the the zigzag pattern. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yep. for whatever yep. reason, Rick Pitino was sponsored by Converse in in the nineties, and uh-huh. they they, they wore what the f they felt like. Yeah. Yeah, but the denim joints weren't bad. I, that those teams were 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 loaded. I mean, that was Antoine Walker yep. and um, man. I mean, it, it, they, they you would have thought they would have been better. I ran into Tony Delk, okay, in Orlando, Florida, and I'm standing in a gym, and a guy walks up to the right of me, and I I just kind of turned my head, and I'm like, man, he looks familiar. Uh huh. You know, he just takes you a while to process. Yeah, I'm like, man, that's that's Tony Delk. And the great thing too about technology right now is you can Google somebody real quick, and you you you, you can certify whether that's Tony Delk. I, and I did. Okay, I said, that's Tony Delk. I said, hey, what's up, man? He's like, hey, what's up, what's up? So he was, uh, I believe he still is, but at the time he was an assistant coach. Okay, in college, I believe he was working with a school in Arkansas. I can't remember what school it was. Arkansas Pine Bluff. We'll just say it's that, <laughs> which is fun to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, but uh, you know, back to uh, Joe Biden getting the Medal of Freedom and. One thing I thought was so cool about that was Joe Biden thought he was at that event for a different reason. Okay. So he wasn't prepared. It was a surprise party. Yeah, he wasn't prepared for yeah. the speech he had to give and the speech he delivered. Yeah. It, and it, <clears throat> this is the thing. And I said, I'm going to post something there, about this on Facebook. There wasn't a dry in the house. No, there wasn't. And I don't, this is one thing I don't get. And sometimes you just have to, in life, you just got to give it up. When you see things that are that are great, that are just great moments, great plays, yeah, you know. And I said, I'm going to post this on Facebook <laughs> about the Medal of Freedom. And I said, I want to see who can dog on this, like yeah. who could really. And 
I posted it. Uh, I can I can, I can mention the names. <laughs> we 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 know the usual suspects. The usual suspects. It is it is no no compliment can go go untarnished oh. with, with 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 some of these cats. It is and it's unbelievable. Like there have been moments that and I, and I don't I don't lean the conservative way, but there have been moments that conservative Republicans have done things. You just got to say yeah, you got to give it up. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, Trump, kudos. Trump's wife. Her outfit at the inauguration, she killed it. Okay, like I liked her outfit. Yeah, no doubt. I I thought it was great, and I, and I said that I, she. I thought she yeah, looked and beautiful. I said, and you will not hear me say nothing. I mean, like you know, we joked, both joked about the 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 speech being plagiarized, or but that wasn't her, right? You know what I'm saying? And it's kind of like like I almost I feel bad for any wife that has to come under criticism for what you know what I'm saying? Because right. like, and and in particular, her because. He wasn't a political candidate or showed any real inkling of such. Right. When she, so I almost feel like she's just been kind of blindsided she by this. Sign up so, for this. So, exactly. So so I, I'm like you know, you know that that's kind of just hands off. And I mean it's just been traditional. Like you know you posted something about like Michelle Obama and people was coming after you. And just like <laughs> like like that's mind boggling. You, you and you have to know that the first black woman first lady is going to have a certain amount of love from black people that Absolutely. if you say something against her, that's going to look really bad. You know what I'm saying? Like, and you know, first of all, Michelle Obama is prettier than most first ladies purely by the fact that she's younger than most first ladies. Right. So even if you don't like think she's the most beautiful woman in the world, you still have to be like, look, she looks better than, than A, B, and C because – she was 48 when she became first lady and they were 68. Right. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, what, what are we, we talking about here and stuff? And so she, you know, and she's modern, you know what I'm saying? Right. And she, and by the way, she has two Ivy league degrees and no other first lady had one. So she's accomplished. So when someone says something positive about Michelle Obama, you know, STFU, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I, you know how it is, man. You post something it's on crazy. Facebook, and it's just it's it's the it's the 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 new sounding board of 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 discontent. Yeah, I mean, so the the um, well, but, but just quickly, the Joe Biden. I thought his speech was was great, and it, and it showed something that I thought I really wish the the nation could grab a hold of. I mean, you talk about two guys from two totally different um, walks of the of the world, Hawaii and Scranton. <laughs> And, and and come together, and their relationship and their friendship is not fake. Yeah, yeah. You know that that's that's real. Yeah. And I think I think you really felt it during the Medal of Freedom. I just really wish people could could have just given it up for that and say, you know what, I disagreed policy wise, whatever, but I got to give it up for this. And I've been I've been waiting. Yeah. To put a post up that's you know political to some degree uh-huh. that that. The majority of people can just go. I got to give it up. I don't even think there's such a thing as that because because you can't deny that the the American world of 2017 is better than what it was in January 2009. Mm-hmm. And I, I keep telling people like, look, the people, the 50 percent of people who are poorest tend to be Democrats. Mm-hmm. The peop- the fifty percent of people who are richest tend to be Republicans, mm-hmm. and they get salty at 
taxes. And I'm like, okay, but if you're the 50% richest people in America, you probably have investments, which I do. And if you had $10 in the stock market in, say, 19 or 2008, I can tell you pretty confidently that you got 20 in it now mm-hmm. if you didn't put a dime in. So if you've doubled your money, that should have, have compensated for any losses you would have had if you got taxed more. Mm-hmm. Not to mention that gas was 50% off these years, or, or not 50%, but maybe 35% off what gas was during the final three or four years of the Bush administration. Right. And it's like, look, I'm liberal. I was, you know, if I was around the enemy, I existed, but I wasn't, you know, following politics when I was four. I mean, I probably agreed with the policies of Jimmy Carter and disagreed with the policies of Ronald Reagan. But you can't deny that Ronald Reagan presided over a successful tenure and Jimmy Carter didn't. Mm -hmm. And Clinton presided over a successful tenure. Bush did not provide over, (laughs) preside over successful tenure. Barack Obama provide provide so it's just like come on like it just gets to the point where you at least have to say you don't have to like tom brady but tom brady just won the game right and 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 on that level you have to hand it to them and like everybody like if i if i tell you oh do you know such and such you can tell me five good things about them or you can you know find the two things that you don't like about them and you know and, and dwell on that so it's like that's what we're doing and the fact that you can't say anything um, you know, I get it. We're still involved in in the fight right now. But like, you know, when somebody has has took the country from the brink of a of a financial collapse, you at least got to say like, man, like. Right. But nah, they, they no, they won't do it. They won't. They won't do it. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. He's not proud to be American. The The Cubs recently took a trip to the White House. Yeah. And presented President Obama with, um, gave, I guess they gave him a lifetime uh, pass to their games. Okay. Now, I, I, the Cubs would be the last sports team to yeah. visit the White House under Obama. Yeah. Is that right? I, I mean, well, I, I mean, were, were they the last one? I don't, yeah, that, okay. it would have to be because I guess Clemson didn't uh, didn't make I, it down in time. Yeah. Not that I saw. I, I didn't see anybody else. Yeah. So, so by that, the way, Clemson won the championship while we were gone. <laughs> true. But yeah. But anyway. But that, that that leads me to say this. I feel like, you know, and Obama, I thought, did a great job of making himself, you know, a, a political guy, president, relatable to the sports world. Yeah. I mean, I, I thought it was great when he would do his NCAA picks. Okay. On, um, I don't know if that was ESPN or CBS or whatever it was. I just, it was on ESPN. So I, I just have a hard time. With Trump, I'm like, how's it going to be? Not that this is the biggest deal in the world, but what? What? Are, think you, about this. Like, you don't think the NCAA picks are going to be 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 pure pure him following the game? I'm just like, does he even does know? he even care? Yeah. Does he even care? And then, because I think most presidents have. I mean, did did George W. Didn't he do something with some sports picks before? Yeah, well, George George W. was uh was um the Rangers. And- yeah, yeah. So, so he he was out. Was he the owner? But he he was something big front office with with the um, Texas Rangers. So yes, he was with the owner. Yes, or president or the yeah or the president. Okay, with a guy from Cincinnati. Okay, there's a guy from Cincinnati, and him and George W. Bush are very tight. Okay, they, were, they ran on the uh, Rangers. Okay, that's what's up. Yeah, 
Yeah, Indian Hill family. I went to school with the son. Eight years, I never said a single bad word about Laura Bush. In fact, I said I said positive words about Laura Bush. She was a librarian, and, and I worked at the library. So there you have it. There's the love. B- big up to Laura Bush. If only you could say that about Michelle Obama. <laughs> All right, let's let's segue into Trump. Trump, right after the farewell address that Obama gave, Trump went on a rant, one of his many rants, in a press conference going off on CNN. CNN had had to take it that day. Your fake news. It, it's just crazy. So so so, what's going on with that? What's what's he trying to accomplish with his attack? On the media, what do you think he's trying to accomplish? Well, I think we're getting to a point in which no, if 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 the media is kind of the referee in the fight, uh-huh. and if you convince the world that all the referees are crooked, then you can just do whatever, and no one can really call you on on any BS. And it's kind of like they're preemptively setting up that these people don't like me. So when someone says something unfair about you, it would just you know, it's it's the equivalent. Oh, a Xavier fan says something bad about UC. It's like, yeah, because they're a Xavier fan. It's like, right. no, the media is more or less objective. And I mean, and you know, what what really bothers me is that we've seen anyone who who's been engaged at all ha- has seen how politicians carry themselves. Um, you know, for the past two hundred years or whatever, <laughs> and and. You get someone like him who's just saying whatever, and it's like this is obviously unprecedented. Like, what do you like? Like, like you can't act as, as though, oh, this is just you know standard fare, and right, and that that's what's going down. Like, and if if the media, and I felt like the media did a, a poor job during the election because, I mean, how, how much of a crisis are Hillary's emails to the country right now? I mean, you haven't heard that in in in. in a month. Right. You know what I'm saying? But but yet this is going to bring down the, the empire because because heaven forbid, uh, you know, she was emailing on a on a on a, on a public server. Like, were you were you surprised that she showed up at the inauguration? No, I wasn't because she's first class. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I sort of was. Cause I hadn't seen her in, in a while. I mean. It was kind of weird just having the Clintons there or whatever because it's kind of, you know, all, all it's one thing where, where you know you know the president's going to be there to pass off to the new president. So even though when it's of a different party, you know they're not you know chummy chummy, but at the same time, but it is kind of weird to to be there with the person that you you know recently defeated in the nature of that campaign, which was was negative from both sides. For you know, twelve months. So now, historically, has that happened? What's that? That like so when Obama won, did Romney and and his wife show up? Did you, you get what I'm saying? Uh, I'm really not sure. I don't think that's been. But but the deal is they're there because Clinton is a former president. So I think that that's that's the caveat that that gotcha. that all the for- living presidents are are in attendance. So yeah, gotcha. What about him uh, going off on Meryl Streep? And we talked about before <laughs> the, the Meryl Streep's uh, comments and yeah, and, and the the thing about it is really such an overrated actress. And then he tweeted, what "Was it three years ago? What a, what a great person she was." It's just it, it it has no meaning. It's just like. 
like a kid. Like he said something bad against me, so I'm gonna say something bad against you. Know, you know what I mean? It's right. Like an insecurity there. Yeah. Like when do you just say like, look, I'm president. Like 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 I don't. I'm above y'all now. Like I don't even. You know what I'm saying? I don't even feel feel the blow. And, and I had a guy on Facebook tell me when Obama was doing his farewell address, uh-huh. which I thought was very well done. He said that he felt, and this is a conservative guy, okay. that Obama was very arrogant. Because he's speaking well. In his speech. And I'm like, well, what do you think about Trump when he's, I mean. Yeah, if if, if Barack Obama is a, a, a 10 on your arrogant scale, then then where does Trump come out on, on the thermometer? It's like, that's, that's insane. And I'm, I'm thinking about this. So, you know, and he, I was going to segue too with Meryl Streep. He attacked John Lewis. Yeah, you know, in in you're basically attacking people at the what has John Lewis done? He said like like John Lewis had, had, had hadn't um was doing nothing but just throwing shade from a corner someplace. John Lewis integrated the University of Mississippi, right? And I wasn't alive in the '60s, but of all the universities in America that I would not want to have to integrate. It would be the University of Mississippi. <laughs> Mississippi. I would I, I still marvel that there are black people in Mississippi playing football. You're like, like, dude, this is, do you know that the history of this place? Right, right. The, their logo was actually a noose for many years. It was actually a, a, no, a <laughs> no, 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 it was not. Stop. The old, the, the old miss, the old old miss. Stop. What was, was was a was a hanging rope? Stop. <laughs> That's no. not, that's that that's shout out <laughs> shout out to the sip home of Ray Schremert. all talk no action all talk no action for for the man who integrated the University of Mississippi and and then shortly thereafter other conservatives came out against John Lewis I mean and and they're in, they're in still how many times must you be on the wrong side of history do you know how many conservatives were? Imagine what a conservative in 1965 felt about John Lewis. Probably didn't like him. Right. You know what those people are considered now? Clans members. <laughs> I mean, and, and it's kind of like True. how many times in history must the more progressive people be proven to be right? And nobody at that time, none of the conservatives in 1950s thought that they were doing anything wrong. They thought they were, they were, I'm, I'm just, I'm, you know, I'm just reluctant to change. I want things the way it was when, when my father was growing up. And no, but you look back and say, okay, no, they were effing racist. They were, they right. were effing sexist. They didn't want women to do, do jack. And, and obviously be gays. What the, what the hell? That was, that was, that was, that was not even, that was not even recognized as, as being a thing. So, you keep looking like it becomes easy. Muhammad Ali, as we talked about, you know, several podcasts ago, everyone was against Muhammad Ali. No 20 doubt. years later, gee, Muhammad Ali was right on Vietnam, right on civil rights. No doubt. Right on, on religious freedoms. No doubt. And so what do you think the, the, the more progressive people are, are going to be looked at 30 years from now? So, I mean, I, I mean, I don't know what the future is, but if, if, if the past is any indicator, if you're conservative now, Fifty years from now, people are gonna be like, "Yeah, he's pretty much was a racist." Did so, you, so everyone what, that, that commented <laughs> on, on, on that on that Biden and or Obama post from Alex Meacham, guess what? You're a racist, and I'm not saying that. The future is. <laughs> did you? And I'm glad you said that because did you see Saturday Night Live? 
Yeah, which which was skit. The the actual monologue that uh, Aziz did. Okay, yeah, yeah. And he talked about people of today and the racism, it being the lower case. Yeah, yeah. KKK. Yeah, the lower case. <laughs> I thought that was slick. Yeah, yeah. And that's kind of what we see right now. Yeah, it's it's crazy. And they would not admit that that that, that they're they're saying anything, you know, out, out of out of what's correct. Like like no. it's just and it's just so sanitized now. Like they had a thing with um um Lee Atwater who was kind of the mastermind be like the Reagan and the first Bush thing and he was um they have a documentary about him called The Boogeyman. I don't know if we talked about him before, but he no. but he um he was super cool with like a lot of black people and stuff, but he mm-hmm. kind of he was uh adept enough to kind of know the um the ways of the South. And he basically said like, look in the, in, he's on tape saying this, it's on YouTube. So if you can Google like Lee Atwater Southern strategy, and he said, basically, you know, in the fifties, you could just say the N word and, you mm-hmm. know, several times and you'd get the Southern vote. Well, you no longer could do that in, in the sixties and the seventies, oh, yeah, yeah. yep. you, 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 you get penalized for it. So you didn't say racist stuff, but you said forced busing. You said states' rights, and people knew what that meant. And said, and then you got to the '80s, and you get so abstract that you now say taxes, and you're basically saying things that you know will hurt black people more than it hurts white people. Mm-hmm. But you never say anything theoretically racist. So whenever somebody's talking about lower taxes, what are you really meaning? You're, mm-hmm. you're basically have some idea of some black person on welfare or whatever, you know what I'm saying? And states' rights, like that that's that's mm-hmm. long been a thing. Because basically states' rights were the thing like, no, we're not fighting to, you know, in the Civil War to preserve slavery. No, we're fighting for, for states' rights. Like, yeah, on one issue. Yeah, and I, f- I feel like the word thugs, how they describe yeah. black youth has become that word. Yeah, I heard that there's, somebody said something to the degree that um, when, when somebody – black does um you know is is like killed or whatever or something happens they basically say what they've they've done wrong and then when, right. when somebody white they say what 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 that person could have been mm-hmm. and you see like then that that case where you know the the guy's getting off you know like visibly caught raping a woman and and and, and was like, this the college student yeah mm-hmm. and, and and the judge like refused to like said you know i didn't want to destroy this young man's life right <laughs> Right. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad you found the heart not to not to destroy. And wasn't and wasn't the deal that there was a a, a black kid from college that had the same situation? Yeah, uh, yeah. I think they they, and, they they had like some direct comparison and just like you know, yeah. You, know, you you just throw that person away. Yeah, yeah. Without yeah. a doubt. Yeah. What, what was, I want to touch on something you said earlier. You were talking about Muhammad Ali, and I I do want to compare that a little bit to Martin Luther King, mm-hmm. and we just. Um, we just had Martin Luther King Day the other day, and I, I kind of or, or Great Americans Day, as, as as one county in Mississippi chose to call it. They don't call it Martin Luther King Day. They call it Great Americans Day. Jesus. And, and and once that became known on the net, they were flooded with calls, and, and they're considering a change. Jesus, Un- unbelievable, unbelievable. <laughs> Great Americans Day. But I, you know, you hear, and I, I see this a lot on on Facebook. I keep going back to Facebook. That's where I get all my information from. That's, that's where, where, I, where else? So. Everyone always, especially from the conservative side, they like to throw out Martin Luther King yeah. as as the guy 
that black people need to model themselves after. But I, I continue to say you wouldn't have liked Martin Luther King if, 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 if it, 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 in the sixty, you would have <laughs> you would have hated Martin Luther King. You Martin Luther King would have been you would have been amongst the people happy when he he got shot. Probably absolutely because cause Martin Luther King was and see the deal is you had Malcolm X, you had Martin Luther King. So people would say, well, since Malcolm was fiery and like um, uh, Michael Eric Dyson was saying the other day, he's like, look, Malcolm was fiery in Harlem, mm-hmm. but he went on the front lines in in, in Birmingham. You know, so you couldn't have the same rhetoric in, in speaking in Harlem as you was. You know, Martin right. Luther King was was talking revolution, and when Martin Luther King was shot, he was he was trying to get you know poor whites. Like right. he got he got killed during the um the garbage workers strike in Memphis. Mm-hmm. So I mean, this wasn't you know just black people. I mean, this was more white people than, than black people, and and you know working for the you know, and he was trying to get like a poor a poor person's march against Washington too. And that, that combination, if you could ever, and and therein lies the problem. If you can ever somehow link poor, poor whites and poor blacks tend not to, to associate at all. And poor whites tend to be rural while poor blacks tend to be urban. So there's not a bunch of connection there. And, and, and and one group likes country music and the other group likes rap music. So it's, it's, it's trap, trap music, trap music as it is now called. So, so only, only maybe Bubba Sparks and Nelly can, can actually get, get, uh, (laughs) get get this world going better. But if, if, if that faction could ever see if poor white people could, could feel as though they have a commonality with poor black people, it would be, uh, a precipitous change in, in the nature of the discussion. Now I was thinking about this on, and when I saw some pictures of Martin Luther King, di- didn't it seem that he was older than what he was? Because he died in 1968. He was 39. It's crazy. I'm yeah. I'm 40. When, when you see, and how old are you? 43. And when you see Martin Luther King, yeah, we, <laughs> he was stressed. <laughs> he was stressed. To I mean, he looked like Martin Luther King is giving the March on Washington, and he's 33. That's that's amazing. That that is is who who's who's thirty three. Like that's like LeBron <laughs> giving the, the march on Washington. That, that's incredible. I so, mean, just imagine that. That 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 that's that's off the hook. You know what I'm saying? Now you you, you know the story is his name's really Michael King. Okay. Did you know that story? No. His name's Michael King, but in, in his dad's name was Michael King, but he changed it. Um, I forget what year he changed it. I think he, he took a trip to Germany and he renamed it after uh, the German uh, reformer Martin Luther. Okay, yeah, the the, the Catholic. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This was after he was he was born, so he he's okay. really Michael Michael King a little bit. Now that that picture you see when um when Martin Luther was shot in Tennessee on the balcony, and there are a group of people standing and over pointing. top and they're pointing. Yeah. Do you know? Who those people are? One of them's Jesse Jesse Jackson. Uh-huh. Most people know that, but do you know who the other people were? Uh, Andrew Young is one, right? Okay, yeah. Um, and by the way, this is always the thing. <laughs> they had just been like 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 playing around in in the Weshka in in the um the hotel room, and he had, he had um I think Andrew Young came came in late and and bottle of the cake said stuff like like in where where have you been? <laughs> Really? Yeah, and I'm always tripping like when people talk about black people said the N word. I say King said the N word. So you talk to you 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 talk to the the, the freedom fighter of the sixties of the before you chastise me. Man, 
I always I always see that picture. And I'm I, black, by the way. Okay, <laughs> case y'all couldn't couldn't decipher all that. But uh, but but speaking of black, let's jump back to Trump meeting with Steve Harvey. People didn't like that. No, and I, and I told you this on the phone when we talked. Steve Harvey has been a guy that's that's he's fought for kids in the inner city. He's done. He's got a lot of initiatives in which he deals with kids in the inner city, and he goes and he meets with Trump, and he just gets blasted and killed. And I believe you made a comment about the timing. Yeah, well, I just don't feel you you after the John Lewis thing. You you have to be cognizant of um how how what what are his objectives for meeting with you at this time right and i feel you're doing so because that makes you feel you know seem less racist at a point in which you're condemning a civil rights icon in john lewis so saying like okay i said this crazy thing about you know one of your heroes but look here here i am with one of your other heroes so you know obviously you know i have a black friend yeah exactly and it, it it kind of felt like Look, Steve, you can meet with him whenever, but maybe let him 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 you know suffer in the flames a little bit longer for this issue before you know you're 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 on the next plane to Washington, right? Yeah, so so, so that that seemed kind of scap. And by the way, Steve Harvey is not the first person you should meet with if you're looking <laughs> to to improve the black community when you're in Washington D.C. amongst senators and congressmen or or whomever that you know that that might be more on the front line of the issue right now. Well, I think he know he knows that they won't meet with him. Well, well, and he at that knows, time, yeah, 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 exactly. And he and he knows that that you know the masses are more apt to know Steve Harvey than they are, you know, right. Congressman number, you know, 126, you know what I mean? Right. So moving forward, if if you are a, a black celebrity or even... You said I'm not? You you are. Let's, so let's say... <laughs> let's say... A fashion icon. A fashion icon. Let's say that Trump reaches out to you or whoever uh, and, and wants to meet with you. I told Kellyanne Conway, no, no on the suit. How about her? How about her outfit? At, at least she tried. She she tried she tried to to, to rock that 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 the Alessandro Patriots. Gucci yeah. And it, by the way, that was meant to to reference um, the British um, color red, white, and blue, and not um, the American. But 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 she she didn't know that. Yeah. I, you know what? I will I will give it up to her. I thought she was pretty sharp during the the inaugural. The, well, no, just during the election process. Okay. Yeah. You know what? I will give her this credit. She went on every show. Oh, she and, and she answered every question. Or well, she didn't answer every question. No, but, no, no. But she deflected every question. But, right, but but she and, and but had she, a new talking point. Yeah, but she but she she went to the fire. Yeah. I, oh, I, she, I, yeah. Well, well thus is her job. But yeah, I'm going to see enough Kellyanne Conway for the next four years that that that, that I'm I'm literally gonna um, dislike her very much. <laughs> but it, so so back to my point. So. What do black folks do moving forward as far as meeting with Trump? And, and because they're there right now, there is a huge separation. Yeah. And, you know, people don't want to meet with them. I mean, look at the inauguration. People didn't want to perform. Yeah. For him. And so what do you have? Three. Who do you have? Three doors down. And yeah, three doors down. He got Chrisette Michelle to, to perform, which was was on the on the R&B female singers list is is about. 
mm, somewhere in the thirties, <laughs> thirties or forties, where you, where, before you get to her, you like Beyonce, no, <laughs> Rihanna, no, uh, Mary J. Blige, no. <laughs> you just keep going down the list, right, right. <laughs> Which we're we're gonna get into uh, that. the Braxtons, no. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna get into the uh, the Women's March, the 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 Millions March of uh, for the women. But I want to I want to talk about this. What do black folks do moving forward? Because if he's our president for the next four or eight years, yeah, something's going to need to happen. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know what, what, what you can, can that be solved by you meeting with somebody? I mean, you just have to yeah. work on, cause I mean, you know, my feeling on, on politics in large part is that the politicians are just paid off. So they're not going to do anything um, real as far as, you know, evoking a lot of change. So, like, on social issues, it's like I don't think, like, if, if you know, Halliburton gives a damn whether there's gay marriage or not. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, as long as you, you can, you can you know, find a reason to, uh, you know, by some weapon that we put out, who cares? You know what I'm saying? That's not so. I don't know what financial interest they have for not supporting whatever you know thing that could benefit black people. But I mean, you know, Republicans tend not to because that's not their constituency. So, like, if you don't vote for somebody, you know, why should I care? And Democrats feel like, well you know the republicans are racist so why even deal with them and mm-hmm. you know i'm not saying all republicans are racist but that's kind of like you know that we're better for you than them so it's kind of like saying that you know the person that gives you you know five cents is better than the person that gave you nothing right so conservative conservatives tell you they freed the slaves well i would tell them that the republican party switched in around the 20s so by the time you come out you're no longer yeah the republican party was once progressive don't don't even view it as republican and democrat those are just names view it as who was um progressive on the issue so if you were a republican in the 1860s you were for you were not conservative you were you were the the agitator trying to change something that that's why all the the south was democrat and remain solidly Democrat until the sixties. And why? Why did you change? Why? Why did? Why did? Why did Southern Democrats become um, Republicans in mass? And it's because of what happened during the the fifties and the sixties, primarily when LBJ signed the Civil Rights um, Amendment, and that switches the game. So yeah, you were you you personally weren't you 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 weren't born in in, in eighteen. 18- I right. think very few modern day Republicans were were, were um, voted in the uh, the eighteen sixties. Right, and 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 if you if you were, I apologize and I salute you. <laughs> so so what what do black folks moving forward do? Just 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 cop that Migos. Just keep bumping uh, just, just bad and bougie, bad and bougie, and that 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 t shirt, and, and and it's gonna be good. I want I want to thank. Uh, Donald Glover for, for shouting, shouting out, out Bad and Bougie because I'll be honest with you, you I heard it 
but but it, I didn't hear but it. But had hadn't taken hold. When I after he said that, I said, "Let me go back and listen to this." And I tell you what, one one good test for me, music wise, mm-hmm. is when I'm driving. Oh, oh, no doubt. And I and I and I put I, I put it on my uh, I put my plug my phone in and okay. I played Bad and Bougie and I said, "He felt it. This is cut." And and what trips me about that song is that the the, the little Uzi verse at at the end. Uh huh. And. If you like '90s rap, like a lot of folks our age, you're the, the hip hop purist. You hate that. You 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 hate that verse, boy. He he starts off, yeah, 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 yeah. It's better to bone. It's just like, oh man, I know, I know. That's just you there, can, there's five people on my timeline that are just like cringing. Where, could 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 Premier please cut up a track? Where, where, <laughs> Where is Guru when you need him? You talk about two of the bigger hits, uh, hip-hop hits of, of recent, yeah, you know, th- last th- year. That and Black Beatles are, are the two, oh, the two. two biggest hit, hit, hits it's of um, 2016 as far as um, rap music goes. No no doubt. And if they would just drop that Do Yoga, what? That, why, why, are, I, why are they tripping? I, I, and I told you that. that that's my that's my cut. I Have you been that. playing it? Have you oh, been bumping it? Oh, yeah. okay. I love that. I yeah. love that cut. I actually like the Migos. Yeah, like I, I bumped the Migos. The Migos are I, funny to me. Well, I, I I like them. I think we've talked about this before. I know we're totally off track of Trump, but this is dead on Trump right here. <laughs> this is this is your Trump headquarters. Trump is meeting with the Migos. <laughs> if he does that, that needs to happen. And by the way, West Guy had a song called "Up Up Up Like Up Like Trump." Who did? Shrimmer did their first album. Oh, did they? Yeah, no doubt. I, I'm not up on that. You, you you've got all the knowledge of uh, Ray Shrimmer, so. man. Mississippi Zone. Yeah, I, I like Migos, and I know a lot of people. I, I still to this day don't totally get Gucci, uh-huh. but I, I think of that Southern type of sound. The Migos, the Migos it, it found the something, most. yeah, and, and, yeah. They, and, and I, it trips me out how they rap because they rap. Their raps are so um, like syllable centric. Like they'll say something, they pause. It's almost like they're reading off a, a off a grocery list. You know, <laughs> they probably like, are. Raindrops, <laughs> drop top, put <laughs> the hot box. Did you see at the inaugural uh, inauguration when George W. Bush? Oh, was trying to get on the clear was, poncho. Yeah, he's the best. Did you see the meme where he had it on like halfway on his head and he had that smirk and somebody put raindrops? Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, I've, I've I've totally come come around to George. George Bush could do no wrong, wrong to me. W is 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 is, is good people now. So without- I only fought the Cheney anyway. Without saying any names, uh, a, a guy that I went to school with growing up, okay, as I said before, his dad and George W. Bush were in business together okay. years and years ago. And the guy that I know has told me on several occasions, he's like, man, George W. is a good dude and he's one of the funniest dudes, just like accidental humor. Okay, I can believe that. Times. And you know, you know, through his presidency and some stuff, you know, and Kanye, Kanye had us all feeling a certain way, just like you know, forget Bush, you know, he flies over top of New Orleans, you know, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, I felt bad about that because that, that that was unfair. But over time, the more and more I see him and watch him, like when they had uh, Obama and uh, Michelle opened up the um, the uh, African American uh, Museum, museum, yeah, and, and George W was there, yeah, and just seeing him interact with everybody and speak i i just i began to like him more and more yeah i never disliked him as a person because he seemed seemed like a genuinely good guy and his father is super good dude his father you know prayers up to him because he's he's kind of going through a hard time i think his mom just got out the hospital as well but it's like 
I never thought that the I thought the Bushes were were always you know good people and 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 on occasion when there was some way that they they would go against things that were um maybe the party was for but was ethically problematic and I always you know gave them credit for that you know what I'm saying like you know like George Senior wouldn't endorse Trump and it's just like you know oh yeah you know there, there, there's character involved <laughs> like you you just can't be pro your team come what may you know what i'm saying like like when um you know when michael vick is is, is dog fighting you, you you can't be like man i just want the falcons to win no you you have to you have to dismiss michael vick right right let's talk a little bit about the uh the march okay that the women had the with the with the, with the pink caps i didn't know what those caps were were, were, were initially signifying but i'm all about it <laughs> <laughs> now there are a lot of conservatives that had a huge problem with this protest. Yeah. And, and and here's the thing. So I think it started in D.C. with the inauguration when there were riots, as they called them, or, or um, uh, you know, people were throwing rocks at that Starbucks and uh-huh. whatever that was. And don't don't take your, 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 your frustrations out on, on, on the coffee place. <laughs> so you had that going on. So, of course, and, and I don't agree with the whole – you know the way they're doing things, and so they're they're throwing rocks, and they're, they're and so I hear conservatives say, you know, well that that's that's crazy. You know, those are thugs out there doing that. They need to peacefully protest. Mm-hmm. So then now you have women who have all across the world, yeah, peaceful protests in which they're marching, and I, and I don't think, and correct me if you think I'm I'm wrong in this. I don't think that they were necessarily. You know, protesting against Trump totally. Yeah. They're, they're 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 talking about things that have been going on for a long time. Yeah, I think the the Trump um, election made women feel like really like this dude. First of all, you're going against a woman, and you're going against a woman who arguably was, you know, the most qualified person ever to run for president that wasn't already a president. Right. And it it evoked in many women the feeling of this is how it is, you know, with me or or with or or with women in general that you could lose out to a man simply because he's a man and even though he did 200 things during the the campaign that would have likely been way more problematic for Hillary. They still let him, you know, the country in mass. And by the way, that includes hella women, Mm -hmm. but the country in mass let, you know, that go down. And I think it, 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 it resonated with like, look, we've, we've been chilling a little bit too long. The women's movement of say the, the seventies and the glorious Steinem's and everything has kind of, you know, taken a back burner because we made progressions and it's time for another women's movement to to start, you know, because like equal pay for equal work. Like, why is that even an issue? Right. That's like crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like that, that that's equivalent to saying, um, you know, the price of, of a hamburger for you is two fifty eight for her. Three fifty eight. <laughs> it's like, what? Right. I mean, it's, you're literally if if you're paying different, that's basically like saying things are charged different. Because obviously, if I'm richer than you 
everything costs less for me. And they used to make the 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 case to women like, well, what do you need a raise for? You you don't have a family. Like they they would just say that to you know what I'm saying like like and 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 that would ex- would be an acceptable answer in like the fifties. People, if you haven't seen Mad Men, please watch <laughs> Mad Men, the, the the best television show of of the last um, decade. Well, I want I want to read something to you, Glenn. Yeah, I posted a video on Facebook of all the women peacefully marching, and so you say. And some of the comments, you know, there were there were a lot of women that uh, that spoke said how amazing this act of uh, solidarity. And, and, and shout out to Ashley Judd, by the way. Oh yeah, when she dropped her, uh, she dropped a she, verse. She dropped a verse. I saw that. Well, one of the comments, and and this is one of I would say several from conservatives on my post regarding this uh, video of the the women marching. Okay, the guy says, people. This guy's named Jack. I won't say his last name. Jack says. These people look stupid. They don't even know what they're protesting. Get a job. <laughs> now, now, now. here's the thing. There are three, let's see, I'm looking at about four posts from conservative men uh-huh. who have a serious problem with these women marching. Here's my thing, Glenn. These same men that have a problem with these women marching, they want to tell the women how to act. One guy says, I'm in the post, pull up. You just need to pull up your pants, go to work and be quiet. That that was one thing guy <laughs> says, but, 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 but here's the, here's the thing about it is like these same guys will get on a post that I will have regarding, um, you know, f- fairness racially. Uh-huh. And, you know, if, if, if black folks start protesting a black lives matter movement, yeah. they will post the same thing. These these same guys telling it's like like okay you're a, you're a white middle aged man telling black folks how to act they you're don't a middle aged white they, man telling a woman how to act, how to act. Yeah. but when these two communities have been discriminated against for yeah. years and oh so you say and, and now listen may, you know maybe they've these these guys have had struggles in certain but they've not gone through what these yeah. people. Have gone through and yeah. are going. Whatever through. Whatever you've gone through, if you were black and or a woman and or both, it would have been worse. Right, and and that's why I don't think you get like like when you've been. Um, fairness feels like like you're being hurt when you've always received the benefit, and that's kind of what was going on with the country. That like I I think like white dudes feel in some sense as though they've been. I I heard one person say um progress all progress comes at, at a white man's detriment mm-hmm. because you know it's on you you're the only you're the one that 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 has to to lose something because you're the one who's benefited right but if you are of a certain class you don't feel that you've benefited and like and I like some of these dudes that that are on your post got cake like (laughs) they like 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 they got more money than 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 the hood combined and they'll be like you know like 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 if if you are say you know have over like a million dollars you know like obviously you could be have have a million dollars and not just be you know i'm not saying you we're walking down the street with a top hat and monocle right but you've got way more money money than like 
a hundred black families combined don't have a million dollars in the hood. Right. You know what I'm saying? And that's just, that's honest. You, you go to, you go to certain parts, go to the Fay and you count out the net worth of everybody in that joint. And you might get to the thousands before you get to a million dollars. You might get to the five, you might not be able to get to a million dollars in the Fay. For the, for those that are listening to the, the Fay, the, the Fay apartments is um, a noted, notable housing project in the greater Cincinnati area. And in my favorite moment, and I tell you what, I had a, I had a buddy that lived in the Fay that I played basketball with and he asked me to drop him off after practice one time and okay. it was, it was darn near 10 30 and i'm gonna tell you what at that time back in the 90s this was late 80s 90s we had to take him home it was no joke yeah. going to the fey <laughs> now my favorite fey apartments moment is one day i'm watching public access tv okay and and the only reason i stayed on it was because there was a guy talking and he says we are now going to go to the fey apartment talent show <laughs> and I said, "Oh boy!" Oh, that's, that's, that's a D- DVR alert. But I'm gonna tell you what. Get, guess where they held it? There, there is a pool <laughs> at the Fay apartment. Okay, Fay apartments back in the '90s, and of course, it was an empty pool. <laughs> and the talent show Within was in an empty pool. Wow, <laughs> what? That's classic. And that's what these folks comment on your. They've they've never seen a, a talent. Show. If you haven't seen a talent show at the empty pool, white man, you, don't don't tell me a, a damn thing. What it's like to be black or a woman for, forever for life. You you go to the fair apartments and, 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 with, with your homeboys, and you and you cut you a, a record and get you a dance routine together, and you could. But I'm saying like, there's such a disconnect. Like like. I mean, I just don't know. Like, people don't realize what it's not like to have opportunity because yeah. when you've always had opportunity, it's, right. it's insane. Like, and I, I hate to be like, you know, critical because you know, you, obviously, you don't know what you don't know. Like, I can't, I can't, you know, you just wish you could just tour someplace. Like, like you know, I know people who are like in such a worse financial position that I'm in, and like, like literally, like you know, I have like some friends. I'm just like, look. Basically, what you need, what you like to get out of what you you're, you're in right now, what you really need is like someone to just give you like five thousand dollars. Right. Like there's like that's all I could do to change your life, because the process of like if you broke and you need a car, well, how you got to get a car? You got to go to work. But where, how do you go to work? Well, I got to get a car. Yep. And it's like, well, you can work at some job. Yeah, I can work for for seven dollars. But I can also just sit at home and chill and and. And still have, you know, whatever section eight or whatever. So it's like, you know, I get why folks ain't, you know, are chilling and stuff. And it's kind of like, you know, if you're not willing to be hands on and like for real understand like people's problems, you literally don't know. And I, you know, my heart goes out to, 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 you know, decent minded white folks that are like trying to like, like understand it because like, yeah, I know if I look from a distance, I'd be like, Man, f these folks, man. This is nonsense. Like we done, we've been trying to get y'all, y'all, y'all game right for the past fifty years, and I, I mm-hmm. don't see no progress. It's like you don't understand the depth. The depth of it could be explained in that pool, right? <laughs> and, and, it, it, and like if, in the fair apartment, in the fair apartment pool, that's what we dealing with. That 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 it, it, until you understand that, you 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 can't understand. 
No doubt. Let me bring up something, too, as you, t- you talk about financial situations. Well, due to a financial reasons and animal rights reasons, the Ring- Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Man, Circus. I'm glad you brought this up. They will be shutting down, Mario, in May. Now, they're coming to Cincinnati, and, we, they're, and they're doing a couple shows We got to go. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> but when I, when I was young, I went when I was young. I think it was at the, the gardens, I believe, Okay. when I went to it. And it was so big and magical when yeah. I was young. I hate to – like, like it, it's – Busted my head that the, that the circus don't ain't gonna exist no more because there no. were, there was the shrine circus and the shrine circus was like the 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 second the the the, the B grade circus uh-huh. and now we got the 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 universal the black circus <laughs> yep which yep. they perform at the bottom of the, the fair apartment pool <laughs> but 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 like Ringling Brothers was like I I thought Ringling Brothers was, was just caked up that that would just last forever like yeah. that's that's the institution that's like saying that the, the the globe trotters won't be performed. <laughs> yeah, or, yeah. Or, or that the cavalcade of customs would no longer be <laughs> right, right. Be, be at the. the you, you know, it, it's crazy because the animal rights. They said the animal rights has, yeah. has caused so many problems for them. So, and, and financially, they just they just couldn't keep. Can't it going. you do a circus without the elephants, though? Like, how much is that adding? A lot. <laughs> you 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 came for the elephants. Of course, yeah. Every people love elephants. Did Did you go Mario when you were young? Yeah, I was. I, 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 I went to the uh, Ringling Brothers. I would agree with you. It, it is kind of cool to see animals that big. Here's do what things, I, but like Cirque, Cirque du Soleil, that 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 that's yeah. that's killing the game, right? And they've got like you know it was just Cirque du Soleil. Now there's like probably seven or eight different franchise shows underneath that 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 Cirque du Soleil umbrella. Ringling Brothers needs to find out some way that they can, you know, co-op that or just have, you know, and I mean, like they've they're already doing it, but but Cirque du Soleil travels, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so yeah. so there there's different shows. It's like they need to find out, you know, some sort of way. You, you would have thought they could have been been um, adept enough to to switch their game before it got to a point where they just had to straight up close. Cause, yeah, yeah. But you know, clowns scare people too. <laughs> now nowadays they do. So another thing too, the death of a wrestling legend, Jimmy Superfly Snuka. I mean, did, I don't know that he he had faced a murder trial. Yes, in the final years. So I mean, I, I don't think we could we can quite look at at. Uh, he was he was exonerated like two days before he died. Like really, he had been in the news lately. Yeah. So I was reading an article prior to his death. This was way before he died. Uh-huh. And I, so I was reading this article, and in the, the person uh, that that I guess it was I don't know if it was in an interview or if it was during the trial, um, but the lawyer for uh, Superfly said that he he might die during the trial. Okay. Like, like he said that he said he is doing. That bad. It wasn't no joke. It was no joke, and uh, he did, and he, and he and he passed away. What? And and that that segues me to want to want you to talk about the story, and and I still think this is one of the funnier YouTube videos that that <laughs> I've watched. But yet, I don't know that people truly appreciate how funny it is, Glenn. Because you said you know what I'm talking about. It's still real to me. Yes. Well, sadly. The full version was taken down, and and you just have the, That's a qu- the quote. You really need the longer version with the setup, in which um, Jimmy Kimmel first brought it to people. And, That's and, right. And, That's and, right. And he said he, he prefaced it by saying, "Like I don't know why I've been hanging on to this video for so long, holding on to it." But but um, 
it, it's basically a, a guy who they had some wrestling, um, like meet the champions convention someplace. I believe it was in Houston and it was, you know, wrestling affairs are often not, not on, on, on the top level. And it was, um, looked like it was a high school gym and, <laughs> and, 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 and Terry Funk was there and the guy begins speaking and starts breaking down and saying how, um, he just wanted to, to thank, um, the the gentleman for 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 working so hard on, on their bodies, and then he just he went he started crying, and it's like it, it's still real to me, damn it. <laughs> that's like and and that's become it's like still real to me, damn it. That's become the 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 whole quote, and, and the, the 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 people of and I mean he was just so like like breaking down, and he says um he goes on to say this is the part that the the thing doesn't doesn't um they cut it off. Yeah, he said, um, I would just like for you to tell me what it was like working uh, with Captain Redneck Dick Murdoch. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Yeah, it, it it is top notch. That that was that was a moment for me where you told me about this on the phone. Yeah. And I, I didn't think it was it, it could it couldn't have lived up to, to what I said. Only only it, it did even more. Oh, by far. I was like, okay, that's funny, but when I saw it it's I insane. Like, I was like, "Oh man!" And oh. by the way, Snooker lived till seventy-five. In wrestling years, <laughs> he did he did far better than, than, than what you would have expected. Oh, that's 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 a lifetime. Seventy-five in wrestling years is like one hundred and five. No doubt. Yeah. So so don't don't, don't cry for me, Jimmy Snooker. <laughs> R.I.P. Jimmy Superfly Snooker. Well, hey, I want to get into one of my favorite segments, Glenn. <laughs> One Walk, of them is in your top three for sure. Walk-ons against the world. So in the past, we've had some great, great walk-ons come on. Zach Tobler from UC. Who could forget? Z Tobler, the, the memorable interview with Zach Tobler. Z Tobes. Yep, Sam Frere from OU. Man. Had our guy Rem on from uh, from Gonzaga. From the, from the West Coast. Had his uh, Post Malone look going. Okay. I'd like to bring in. A six-one sophomore from Deerfield, Illinois. Okay, for your Glenn, your Ohio State Buckeyes. That's the team I roll with. Joey Lane. Joey, Joey what's up, man? What's up? How you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, this is my co-host here, Glenn Riley, with me, and, and I'm the owner of the number one Ohio State varsity jacket in the state. I'll put it up against any varsity jacket in the state. I'll send it over, and you could post it up. It, it, it wins, hands down. Yeah, definitely, let me see it, jo- <laughs> Joey. He, he he's not kidding either. I mean, he's he's serious about no, this. I bet. I it, bet. It, it replicates the 1968-1970 championship football teams. It, it's something okay. else. Eight hundred fifty dollars it cost me. <laughs> wow! Now, there you go. Now, Joey, you're from Deerfield, yeah. Illinois. Yes. Yes. How was it growing up in Deerfield, Illinois? Um. It's a really, really wealthy suburb of Chicago. Okay. Um, yeah. So is that where Lambeer's from? North of the city. Is, what is that? Where Bill Lambeer's from? Uh, it could be. I'm not sure. Okay. I know that Michael Jordan lived in the town over from me, 
Okay. Uh, when he was playing for the Bulls, still has his. That's his like fifty million dollar mansion. Oh, it's wow. in the town over for me, about five minutes from my house. So that, that's the house so, you see though, on the YouTube videos of him selling, right, and it's got yep. the visual. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, isn't yep, so, hey, correct me if I'm wrong, Joey? Isn't Deerfield where um, the show Married with Children was was the, the they, they didn't film it there, but it was supposed to be about that area? Is that right? Oh uh, yeah, it's like a lot of a lot of shows are based on like Lake Forest, <laughs> Illinois, which is which is uh, the town over for me also. Like uh, the, the Breakfast Club is based on that, and oh, Mean okay. Girls is based on that, and stuff like that. So. Oh, wow. That's, that's crazy. Yeah. Now, 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 Deerfield, yeah. don't they have something called the No Kissing Zone? You, no, I'm not familiar with that. You're not familiar with that? <laughs> what? So, so, so I'll just tell you this real quick. A local train station has a sign up that says No Kissing Zone. And it's been up there for years because what happened was a train used to come through and a lot of couples, when they were sending off their, you know, husband or, or wife, this was years ago, they would hopefully they would <laughs> they would hold up a train because they were kissing and they didn't want to let, you know, their husband or wife go. Okay. And it would hold up the train and it would get them behind. So they put up the sign, no kissing zone. So in Deerfield, you are not allowed to kiss on the train. Near that area. Wow. Just just so you know, wow. Joey, when you when you're back pimping in, in Deerfield, just don't go to the no kissing zone, okay? All right, I'll I'll remember that. <laughs> <laughs> now so tell tell us how you how you go from Deerfield to Ohio State, the Buckeyes. Why why weren't you going to Illinois or, or, or somewhere else? Um, well, so my mom is from Toledo. Oh, okay. Um she's from Toledo, Ohio. So she grew up her um her mom went to Ohio State. Her aunt went to Ohio State. Her uncle went to Ohio State, and then all of her siblings and her. So four, my my two uncles and my aunt on my mom's side with my mom all went to Ohio State. So I grew up a Buckeye fan. Oh. Um, so me playing basketball in Deerfield, Illinois, as a high schooler, always wanted to play college basketball. Always wanted to play for Ohio State, but in the back of my mind, I really, I always knew like that I wasn't gonna play there. Mm-hmm. Um. So I, I had my heart set on playing. I didn't want to go somewhere and sit on the bench and, you know, not even practice and stuff. Uh-huh. So, you know, go to a D3 school, go to a D2 school, whatever it might be. And then, but I always said, you know, if I can play at Ohio State, that's the exception. And it just all fell into place and worked out, uh, thankfully. How, so, was your, how, was your yeah. high, how was your high school career? What type of high school player were you? Uh, um. So as a freshman, I played out in, in Illinois. You have a freshman A, freshman B team, okay. a sophomore team, um, and then a varsity team. And on the varsity team is the JV team. So they'll take like 16 guys and eight will play in the varsity game and eight will play in the JV game the next morning. So okay. let's say you play on a Friday night, then you play a Saturday morning JV game. Okay. Um, so as a freshman, I played freshman A. As a sophomore, I played sophomore. And then as a junior, I didn't play any significant minutes until about three quarters of the way through the season. Not because I was a bad player, but because my team was, was pretty good. I had a guy who, um, in front of me who was, uh, he played at Loyola Chicago before transferring, but he, so, and he was a walk-on there, actually. So I had some good players in front of me, but um, I, I, really, I scored like 42 points my whole junior year. So that was basically a oh, lost wow. year. That's why like, no colleges really knew about me at all. Right. And then um, that summer going into my senior year is when I, you know, played really well in AAU. I played really well for my high school team. And then my 
my senior year, I was, I was the guy. We had a really, really good team with the stereotypical white team that ran three sets every time down the court and, <laughs> and shot a ton of threes. Yep. So there were our, uh, four out of our five starters averaged nine, 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 and then 13. I averaged 13. So we, um, we had a pretty good team. And uh, we won conference uh, my junior and uh, senior year on varsity, but I also won it my freshman and sophomore year. But, um, but yeah, I mean, the program, Deerfield, Deerfield High School basketball has um, been pretty good lately. We've won four in a row and stuff, but uh, we don't have superstars usually. We don't have guys averaging 20-plus points. I, I don't know if there's been one – Division one scholarship player that I can remember in my years, and that was D.A. Dukin, who played at Wisconsin, played for the Kings a little bit last year. Okay. But other than that, we just we are we're that team that has, you know, five guys averaging eight points and just get the job done, scoring forty five points in a game. So, so how how do you go from that to Ohio State? Like, who who did you contact, or how did that work? Um. So my coach knew I was a huge Buckeye fan. So okay. That's summer that I was referring to going into my senior year. We, um, we came for the team camp to Ohio state. And, um, the first day we beat, uh, we played eight games in two days for each day. And, um, that first day we, uh, we went four and oh and, and beat every team by like 35. Okay. And so basically the coaches just said, you know, we got to watch this Illinois team. We were the only team from Illinois there. And so, they watched us play the next day, and they they set up the schedule day by day. So the next day, they had us playing each game. We were playing the best teams in Ohio against guys they were recruiting. Uh huh. So uh, we played. I don't know what the high school was called, but it had Khalil Iverson, who's at Wisconsin right now. Okay. And uh, we beat them on a. Uh, I had a buzzer beater in that game, and we won that game. That was our first game of the day. But the other three games, I had like twenty five plus points. Played oh, pretty wow. well. And um, so. After the, one of the coaches, he's not an assistant coach anymore. Uh, his name was Christopher Spark. He uh, came up to me after the game and just said, "Hey, you know, I love your game. You remind me a lot of me, and I'd love to help you out with your college search." He was, he's also from Illinois. Okay. So he said, "I'd love to help you out. Um, you know, not not basically not with Ohio State. I want to help you find your your spot. Right, just in he, general. He thought I could be a, a great college player. You know." D3 or D2 level, like I said. And then halfway, six months later, I said, you know, is there any possibility I could walk on? And he said, I'll look into it for sure, but no guarantees. And then I um, committed about as late as I could. April, I think it was April, like, 19th. I I committed to be a preferred walk-on. Awesome. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but you've earned a scholarship? Yes. Yeah, I have. Now, now tell us how that works. Now, now, you know what? You will always be a walk-on. I just want to let you know that. Right. No, trust me. I'm I'm all about the walk-on. Okay. All about it. All right. Good, good, good. Now, now, now tell us how that went down. Don't try to take away that man's scholarship. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm jealous. So how did they present it to you? Was it was it one of those that we, we see on YouTube where they surprise you? or How did that conversation uh, go? Not at all. Not at all. So... Coach Mon is a super, super low key guy. Yeah, I know he, that. I'm pretty sure he wears the same thing for practice every single day. <laughs> and we're and we're sponsored by LeBron. We're Nike Elite. We get all this unbelievable stuff, and he wears the same stuff every single day. And I've never <laughs> seen him wear a pair of LeBrons. I can, and I can we, see that. These shoes are worth thousands of dollars, and he just wears 
Nike running shoes because they're comfortable, and he wears a turtleneck that says Ohio State. Um, not every wait, not, day. not not he, he doesn't. He's wears a mock turtleneck with Ohio State on the on the turtleneck or on the on the chest. No, it's a it's a Nike turtleneck, like a running turtleneck with a Nike swoosh on like on the neck part, oh, and then no. there's an Ohio State logo on the chest. <laughs> oh jeez. Every single every single day. <laughs> the mock neck is the shoes. worst thing ever. It's the worst. We need to help Mott no, out. No, I mean, it's funny because he's got, he has, we call whatever, like whatever shoes he's wearing, if someone else wears them on the team, they're the Air Modest. 100,000%. <laughs> That's funny. So, yeah, so he's a super, like, low-key guy like that. So okay. He, he basically, we had the hardest conditioning workout that I've ever been a part of since I got to Ohio State uh-huh. in August, right when we got back to school. And as soon as we were done, he was like, you know, guys, I really like how we've been uh, how we've been working so far. No one's missed class yet. No one's missed tutoring yet. Um, we're definitely heading in the right direction. Uh, and then we're going to also put Joey on scholarship. <laughs> and it was just like that. And then he was like, all right, bring it in. Pride, pride on three. What? <laughs> wow. That's terrible. That's, that's terrible. Right. right. And, and part of me is like, wow, like I got put on scholarship. I'm so happy. And part of me was like, I want to be, I want to be Twitter famous. Like, come on. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a big moment. I'm going to write him a letter. Oh, and That's, yeah. Wow. And the, the, the funniest part of it all is I got an email from the compliance department saying, congratulations on your scholarship before I got it. So, 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 I, so I showed, I showed my director of basketball operations. He's like, uh, you're not supposed to see that. That's, that's for the, and he's starting and stuff. I'm like, Oh my God. Oh, this is horrible. This yeah. Is the worst surprise ever. Yeah. Cause oh, you, you can make that, like you said, you, you, you can make that a moment. I mean, and the school can get props off of that. Like, look, like here, here's what we, right. we did for one of our own. And instead you're just like, yeah, in, in to, here's three things to remember before we close up practice. Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. That's exactly what it's like, though. I mean, I couldn't be more grateful, obviously, and you guys yeah, know yeah. that. But, I mean, it's just when I see, like, Dockage get that scholarship on Michigan, and that was the, that was the coolest thing I've ever yeah, seen. no doubt. You know, where the, where the police scaring them and stuff, like, that's, yeah. the, that's the stuff that, yeah, you know. Yeah, Blip should have been involved. When I'm a part of it, right. Yeah, little moment. Oh, man. Yeah. So, so let me ask you this. Why did they give you the scholarship? Um, because they didn't want him to pay for college anymore. (laughs) What'd you say? No, I ask myself that all the time. You know, but I um I like to think I work hard. You know, I'm a I'm a great practice player. You know, the stereotypical walk on work hard in practice. Um, but no, I think I um, you know, I show good traits of leadership. And promise for the future, I think. Um, you know, I'm, I see myself as a player here, you know, not as a, as a walk on. Um, like, and the coaches treat me like I'm a scholarship player and I get working after practice and stuff just like the other guys. And, and I appreciate that a ton before I was put on scholarship. And then when I was put on scholarship, I just thought, you know, nothing, nothing's changed. And that's, that's kind of why I think they gave it to me is because they knew that. Nothing would change with how I act, you know, on the court, in the classroom. They knew that I would be grateful for it. They know my that my parents, you know, are super grateful, and they know that I'm a Buckeye for life. Right. And that, Damn that right. they were giving it to a guy who would appreciate it, you know? That's awesome. No, no. Yeah, I, I get it. So let's let's get to the real stuff here. What's your favorite shoe of all time? Because I know that you're a sneakerhead. Yeah. My favorite shoe of all time 
Air Jordan 11 Concord, and it's not even close. Not even close. Yeah, the 11s are by far my favorite shoe, and the Concord was the first was that first shoe that I saved up money for and drove to Old Orchard Mall with five of my buddies to go buy with uh you know with them as my bodyguards just in case they tried to rob me. <laughs> Something got went down. Glenn, 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 uh, my co-host is is big on malls. I'm he, a mall connoisseur. Is Old Orchard still existed or that that closed there? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's the that's the best mall by me. Old okay, Orchard. is that the best mall in Chicago? What's the best mall in Chicago? Well, I mean, I guess the best mall in Chicago is downtown Chicago. Okay, yeah, I've been to that one, one big mall. Okay, but yeah, but yeah, but Old Orchard would be the best of, of the like the suburban malls. Yeah, okay. yeah, Old Orchard, uh, Northbrook Court, and um, the Westfield Mall out in Vernon Hills. Okay. And Joey Glenn yeah. is writing all this down. I, I'm I'm dead serious. He's he's gonna go. To, he's gonna go good. and visit. They got these. some good stuff. Yeah, no doubt. I know in I know in the mall in Vernon Hills, you can go on these like trampolines. They strap you to bungee cords. You fly like hundreds of feet in the air. It's pretty cool. Done and done. <laughs> you you just made him more excited. <laughs> no, I, I love Chicago. I go. I hit up like the the Museum of Science and Industry and stuff like that. That that's my joint. Yeah. Oh yeah, I love the Museum of Science Industry. I, I might just go there. And That's just, a great just, spot. I went there like three years straight in high school for different field trips. For oh man, classes. it's the best. I I, I would just yeah. live there. Oh. Just walk walk around like a a, <laughs> a, a a vagrant with no child or anything. I'm just it's it's just the the the, the strange adult. Now now now, Joey. One of the things that I ask all the walk ons, I, I like to talk about music because music, I think, is is so important to kids these days, especially with sports. What you're listening kids to these be- days, like you're you're eighty. <laughs> no, but just <laughs> more than ever, like what what you listen to prior to the game, uh, you know, the warm up music. So, what artists do you like? Ooh, well, being from Chicago, huge Chance the Rapper guy. Okay, okay. Um, I love the stuff that he's doing. You know, not music wise, also. Which, um, which is what? Kit Kat commercials? <laughs> well, yes. But, I mean, he's just... Hey, he jo- doesn't make money off of music. Like, he sells merchandise, and he does a lot of charity stuff, and he's just he's just a positive dude. What's okay. the deal with that hat he wears? What's the, what's, what's the three hat about? The, well, his album, his third, well, I guess it's a mixtape, was Chance 3. Okay. So, okay. All right. That's the whole... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, his merch is so simple, too. It just... Like he sells shirts with just the three on it, just chance on it. I mean, it's crazy. People people freak out about it too. Now, have you seen his but, recent uh, videos, Joey? That uh, that chance has been doing where he's uh, he's doing some ninety dance routines with his buddies. Yeah, the Optimist Challenge. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's right up my alley. Yeah, no, he's he's awesome. I love him, and he loves shoes too. So okay, I didn't know that. I didn't yeah. know that. Who else do you like? So, so who else do you like? Uh, I like Drake. But that's kind of that's a that's a plain answer. True. Um, me, me see, has I a mean, love hate relationship with Drake. Yeah, it's a love hate. I for stay pro Drake. He, yeah. I'm I'm definitely pro Drake, and a lot of the guys on my team are not. But really, that's a different wow. story. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's split, it's, it's probably split fifty fifty. I'm hugely pro Ray Schremert, but that's a different story. Oh yeah, he it, <laughs> Glenn loves Ray Schremert. Do you like Ray Schremert? I mean, I don't not like Ray Sherman. You know what I mean? Okay. okay. I don't go out of my way to listen to him though. Okay. Them. <laughs> but um, if I my guilty pleasure is I love Taylor Swift. Ooh, so you like Westbrook? Yeah. He loves Taylor Swift, doesn't he? 
Yeah, I mean, I love Taylor Swift. When I have, we have to run a time mile, and when I have to run that, I listen to uh, "Shake It Off" twice. Okay, "Shake It Off." Nice. Yeah. Okay. I love "Blank Space." I won't lie. <laughs> yeah, great song. Yeah. Great song. Now let's get to the important question: What are the most? What's the most amount of points you've had in one game as a walk-on? Yes, as a walk-on um, at Ohio State. This year, I had. Uh, Six points in, in two minutes. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Against Jackson State. Well, okay. Yep. Meach's career high was seven. So oh, every man. time we talk to somebody, it, it, it's hashtag quest for eight. <laughs> can, can, can anybody break, oh, break, break I, me? I could have had it for sure. We just we drilled out the clock for, for 25 seconds. Oh, after. man. When I, I came in for three possessions and shot. The second two, the, my, the other walk on the team hit a three on the first possession. It was crazy. Wow! Yeah, it was you, the crazy. It was the craziest finish of the game ever. You got to tell Thad and his air models that look. <laughs> you, you, the, the goal is, is eight points, and, and say you know people say say it's, it's a it's a it's a personal thing. Say it had just just make up a lie saying that um um you know somebody passed away on the eighth. <laughs> <laughs> that you've got to get an eight, eight, eight points for them, whatever, and, and and so you know if it's a a twenty point blowout, just you know let your boy come in and say the four minute mark as opposed to the the, the minute and a half mark and do what you can do. Now, see, Joey. The only the only thing I'll add to that is that I'm gonna have to make it nine because okay. I shoot threes. Well, there you go. <laughs> Oh, that's that, that's just what I do. I've been I've been in the lane probably twice in my year and a half career at Ohio State. And, and your name's Lane. Yeah, and you don't. My go name to, is Lane, and you don't go to the lane. And I don't. And I don't enter the lane for that reason. <laughs> well, Joey, I know you and I don't know each other uh, very well. We we just you know text back and forth. But I was a walk on for the University of Cincinnati um, as a Bearcat. So um, the the uh, points that I had uh, for your quest for eight, the the, the seven that I did have. Um, I did it in 34 seconds. Wow. Yeah, I entered the game with, with, with about 34 seconds on the clock. So you just got to get in there, and you just got to fire it up and just – And that know. was on two threes and two two uh, free throws. Right. Um, was that? Your, 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 well, your, no, your seven I'd points. S- I had seven. Okay, so what was it three? I had a three and two twos. Okay, all right. Yeah, yep, I had the two twos back to back. So, so, <clears throat> so Joey – I need you going for that record, okay? So I've I, I put that out there for all the other walk-ons, and I, I want somebody to beat my walk-on record. <laughs> all right, I'll, I'll make it happen. Can I'll you, make it happen. Can you, can you do that for me? And the other thing, too, I'm going to come to an Ohio State game. I have not been to an Ohio State basketball game in a long time, and I'm, I'm going to come. I'd like to come to a game um, that you probably will get in, okay? Who's the worst team in the Big Ten? Record wise, so, so so you're just not Rutgers. calling out somebody crazy. Uh, Rutgers. Okay. Okay. So so possibly the Rutgers. But I don't know if we play my home or not, and oh, okay. I don't want to jinx us because we are because we're two and five right now. Okay. The big time. Oh so, yeah. But you guys have had a couple big wins recently. We uh we we lost today Northwestern by two, but we were on a two game winning streak before that. We beat Michigan State and beat yep. Nebraska. Yep. Yep. But um, that was at Nebraska, been, right? Was, yeah, yeah. Yeah. On a on a buzzer beater, actually. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. But uh, yeah, I mean, we um, we've lost eight games this year, and um, six out of the eight games have been by less than five points. So, 
we uh I mean we lost to Virginia. We were up sixteen at halftime. We uh we were we lost the game to Florida Atlantic who I mean, they're a great program but had no business beating us at home, you know. So we we've had a little bit of a, a little bit of a struggle this year. Yeah. Um so we're just trying to turn stuff around right now. We Northwestern's a great team and we uh had a chance to beat them tonight, which is which is good, but uh, you know, we uh every game's good in the Big 10 this year. It's crazy. Teams are Iowa lost to, on the road to Purdue by 35 and then beat them at home a week later. Okay. So I mean, just uh, every game is going to be a good game, especially according to Ken Palm. They've been exactly right on every one of our games so far, okay. which is crazy too. Well, good so, deal. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to definitely be in touch with you. I'm going to come check out a game, and you're going to give me a tour of sure. everything, right? You going to give me a tour? Yeah, definitely. Okay, definitely. good, good. Well, I need you going for that uh, for that eight, that quest for eight. Hashtag quest for eight. Definitely. And, uh, hey, I appreciate, sure. you, I appreciate you coming on. If you break that eight, you get to come back on the show, and you get to talk that talk, man. You get to talk that shtick talk, man. And, and there'll be prizes. <laughs> we, we'll have to get you some 11s. Yeah, we'll get you. Yeah, yeah. Be, be, Beach got the, the Jordan hookup, so we'll, we'll do something. We got you, man. Well, hey, Joey, man, it was a pleasure talking to you. Uh, best of luck moving forward, and I'll definitely be in touch with you, okay? All right, awesome. Thanks for having me. All right, Joey. Appreciate Talk it, to you soon, bud. Talk to you soon. All right, Thanks. Bye. bye. Here's what we do. Okay. Whatever they end on, that's the Jordan they get. So if they, Ooh, so if they get I like, like that, yeah, you want the eleven, you got to get eleven. You want the twelve, I like that. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm gonna text them that. Yeah, I like that. Well, hey, let's go ahead and segue into our blast from the past segment. We've got a group out of Newark, New Jersey, Glenn. Okay, formed in 1990, and I know you're gonna be feeling this one. I oh. know it. DJ Lord Jazz, Mr. <laughs> Funky, oh wow, and Do It All. Lord's formed a group while at Shaw University. And their DJ was Redman. Oh, wow. Yes. First album, Here Comes the Lords. Okay. Here Come the Lords, excuse me. Yeah. Released on March 9th, produced by Marley Maul. Marley Maul. How about that? There's a um, really good hip-hop, a four-part documentary series on um, Netflix. And it really breaks down, like, um, it basically takes rap from the 70s maybe to right when it gets to like the west coast okay and it really breaks down like the pioneers and like what each person brought to the game and like marley mall is like the first producer like in the modern sense of a producer and that like it really like showed like you get a sense like oh okay like this is what marley mall brought to to the game and, yeah, yeah. and it was it was significant it was modern like okay like marley mall's actually got Right. Like notes as opposed to just like like drum beats, like what everybody would have. Right. Yeah. But there are some that are that are angry with him in the music community saying he took credit for songs that he didn't do. Oh, for real? Yeah. There's okay. there's there's a whole little debate with that. And I think it's um Eric B. Okay. Eric B's the one that had issues. I heard Eric B on a podcast talk about it. Okay. And um but 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 you're right. I mean he's had a, a huge impact, but there were songs that he was taking credit for that he never even Okay had anything to do with. But uh, Well I'll discuss that with Eric. <laughs> <laughs> so their signature song. Do you remember? Do you know what their signature song was? Ooh ah ooh ah. Chief Rocker. Yep. Down on the hard concrete. Now, family, I'm out 
see you bobbing your head, Mario. The shoe. It's got to be the shoes. Yeah, man. That was that was the cut. I love the Lords of the Underground. Yeah. I, but I, but I had a feeling that they're they were gonna they were gonna be they weren't gonna be a long term group. I, I just had that feeling. Well, they were out before that song. So when that song came out, it was like, this is the liveest Lords of the Underground song. You know right. what I'm saying? And it's kind of like, had they been, had this been their first song, it would have been like, oh, this is off off the hook. Right. But yeah, but like, that's one of the um, quintessential beats of, of the 90s. Like, like that's, that's like a legendary track. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Right? Like, arguably the dopest, depending on, you know what I'm saying? Just like your... East Coast party hardcore, you know, rap fans of, of that era. That that probably was whatever year it was released was like considered track of the year. Yeah, yeah. Like if you was just freestyling with with some people and somebody put on a beat, like that was like it was on the beat of choice. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no doubt. Now I don't know what DJ Lord Jazz or Mister Funky's doing right now, <laughs> <laughs> but do it all. He he's an acting. <laughs> he can do it all. He can do it all. He appeared in Sopranos. Okay. He's on Thirty Rock. Okay. He's on multiple shows. How old is the cat now? I have no like idea. Like late thirties, I yeah. guess. Yeah. Yeah, probably late thirties. But he was I mean, maybe mid forties, but yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> God bless him. I love the Lords of the Underground. I knew I knew it was gonna be a short term thing, but hey, and this is another thing I wanna um I wanna segue into. John Mayer. I, I posted about this. He has a new EP that's out. Yeah, I've listened to the song. I I I, I thought it was cool. <laughs> Yeah, his new EP EP's called uh, The Search for Everything. Okay. Now, are you familiar with John Mayer's music? Like, are you into John Mayer? Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Yeah. You're, you're a fan? Yeah. I mean, I'm not, like, like diehard fan, but, I mean, I I've, I know his greatest hits, more or less. Uh, are you hip to his uh, track with Katy Perry? Uh, it's not half of my heart, is it? <laughs> no, no. No, that, that's, that, that was, that, but that was somebody else? I don't know who that's okay. with. Listen to this. Okay. This is the track with Katy Perry. I love this. Okay. Mayor's a beast. You love who you love, who you love. You love who you love, who you love. Here he comes, here he comes. Mario's feeling it. That you love who you love. Who that's you cut. Love. Yeah, stuff. So. Yeah, yeah. And Katy Katy Perry's she's later on in the song. She she kills him with that. Okay. I always like that one, um but how do you say it? like uh I don't remember you looking any better, but then again I don't remember you. <laughs> 
It wasn't a bad song. Okay. You, you, what 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 didn't you like about it? Like what didn't move you? I'm I'm just not I'm just not moved. Let, let me say this. I, and I, <laughs> I can understand it, but I'm gonna tell you what. When it comes to either driving music on the highway, yeah, yeah, you, or, or, or long distance, oh, John Mayer does. Uh, if you put John Mayer on, man, you, you're gonna get to where you got to get to. Yeah, quickly. You gotta get there safely. <laughs> or if you're jogging and you got a long jog, I want to run through the halls of my high school. <laughs> but it's great vocals, though. Yeah, yeah abs- absolutely. I, I think he's a great writer too. Hey, the 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 new track he's got, um, Mario. See if you see if you feel this one. Moving on. <laughs> this is my cut right here. I see you, Mario. He's bobbing that head. That's some steely Dan. I know that's that, that guitar. Moving on mm. and getting over. Mm. Are not the same it seems to me. Cause you've been gone. Growing older, but I still can't seem to get you off my mind. You like that, Mario? Yeah. And I do, baby. I feel Mario, Mario got, got pumped out for his girl, <laughs> girl tomorrow. He's like, I got this new track. So this is an EP, you say? It's an EP. What does that mean? I mean, like, I haven't heard a a a, a non rapper drop an EP in a, in a grip. Yeah, I don't. I don't. How know. many songs are on it? Uh, I think. Four. Okay. Like four. Uh, is that dropping a mixtape? Yeah. <laughs> Love on the Weekend is the cut, though. We're not going to play that. But okay. It, no, it's that almost was, a, That was a good song. It was a better you, song. You I like think. that? It was soulful. So those those, those are two of the four? On that. Uh, no. Those, the, the first the Katy one. Katy Perry song is, is different, right? Yeah, that's off his last album, okay. which is which is a monster. But but the, the four on the EP, that one, Moving On, is off the EP. And then he's got another song, Love on the Weekend. Okay, which is which is the it's kind of it's got a little country feel to it. But Features the weekend? No, thankfully not. Okay. You know my feelings on the weekend. I'm not. I'm not a weekend fan. Okay, are you? I mean, I don't got nothing against the weekend. I like thought you liked that West Guy joint, the one, the one joint, um, the Fifty Shades of Grey song. Oh yeah, but you know what? That's one of those that that I've talked about before. Sometimes yeah. it's the the situation that makes you like a song. Indeed. And I think that the situation <laughs> I was in yeah. made me enjoy that song. Well, there you have it. You know what I'm saying, Mario? You feel me. The sitch. <laughs> Anything else, Glenn? I don't know, man. I, I have no further comments. You have nothing? Mario, you good, man? Free buggy. That's all I'm saying. Oh, and I'm going to the Kings Pacers game. When is that? The 27th, Friday. Ooh. Hopefully won't turn over any trash cans on the way to the, the – the, <laughs> the dressing room that that game, Mario. We're gonna we're gonna need a we're gonna need a full breakdown of that game. Hey, and you you know you know what you know what I just I thought of, um, free boogie. Okay, cousins. Uh, you should do so like like just because, because <laughs> cousins. cousins. Oh yeah 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 yeah. 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 Th- these would be like a series of, of Demarcus cousins. Uh, just because. So the better cousin, Kirk Cousins or Demarcus Cousins. Uh, well, I mean, Demarcus Cousins is certainly a better. <coughs> it, it ranks higher as a, a NBA player than uh, than Kirk Cousins. But the way it's going now, the the money, the money Kirk Cousins is about to make, it's going to be 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 close. Money talks. Yeah, Mario, we're going to give you your segment. Okay. After that, after that game, you you have a new segment. Is that cool? That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. 
All right. Mario has no further comment. Glenn has no further comment. I have no further comment. We appreciate everybody listening to the No Further Comments podcast. Rest in peace, Jimmy Snooker. We're, we're, we're jumping off the top rope to end this one and, and going for the three count. <laughs> peace out. Peace and love. <laughs>